Good evening and welcome to the Power Hour of Prayer. I am your host, Pastor Ren Shuffman, and with me is my beautiful wife, Rachel Shuffman. Hey guys, so we're so excited for you to be joining us for this awesome Power Hour of Prayer. Thanks for jumping on here already. Do me a favor, let us know where you're watching from. Uh, say hi and let us know where you're watching from and go ahead and share out this broadcast right now. Share it out, hit the share button on your page and share it to your public profile. Don't send it to me in my messenger. That's not going to help anybody see it, okay? Share it to your public profile. Let's see as if we can get as many people as we can tonight to see what's going to happen because I got a very exciting guest. It's his first time on the program. I'm going to bring him on here in just a second, but we want to make sure as many people as possible join us tonight for this Monday night, Monday Miracles. Hey, guys, if you need a miracle tonight, you showed up to the right broadcast. I believe you are going to see the power of God show up tonight. God is going to show up. Uh, as you guys know, I carry a healing anointing. I believe this man carries a healing anointing. Uh, he, uh, we, And we are going to see the power of God combined, moving and flowing tonight. So share it out. Tell us where you're watching from. What country are you at? Uh, we got the we got this great state of Georgia in the house. North Carolina's in the house. Uh, if you, What state you're watching from, you're watching from your couch, right, in Oklahoma City. I see that Australia is in the house. Cal, the country of California is is in the house, uh, Texas and California. You're your own country. I'll give it to you. All right. I'm from California, so I can say whatever I want about them. Uh, <laughs> hallelujah. So we're excited. Yes, we need miracles tonight. So we're going to do that. So do me a favor, share it out. So let me give you guys a couple of instructions. Hit the heart button on the broadcast. If you want to send us some love, if you love what you're seeing, but there's an extra button. If you're watching on the freedom fellowship church page, not my Ren Shuffman pastor page, but on the church page, you have an extra option there to send stars instead of hearts. And when you send those stars, it highlights your comment. And it also gives a few pennies to the ministry. So you're, you're helping the ministry out when you hit that star button, uh, Tennessee's in the house. Alabama's in the house, man. Phoenix is in the house. Pittsburgh is in the house. Come on guys. I love it. Indiana in the house. Let's see if we can get all 50 States tonight on here. Wouldn't that be something as well as many nations? I know Pakistan, India, uh, we got people from there on here right now. So we're excited about that. And I believe that what we have is a global message that's going to uh, impact the world. Thomas Hurd, thanks for joining us on here, man. I love it. Uh, so we're going to sh keep sharing this out and see how many people we can get on here as quick as possible. And do me a favor, while we're just getting started introducing our guest, if you've had a testimony, <coughs> excuse me, if you've had a testimony of something God has done for you on these broadcasts, you've been healed, you've been set free, you've re received an impartation, something is that you've received a powerful prophetic word that's changed your life. Will you do something? Because right now we have lots of first time guests jumping on. I know it. If you're a first timer, just comment first time below. And let us know that this is your first time joining us on the broadcast. And I want you to pay attention to the comments and see how many lives have been radically changed over the past couple weeks from the power hour of prayer. And I want hope and faith to build up in you to believe that that is possible for you tonight. God is going to touch you in a new and powerful way. He is not restricted by distance. We may be far apart, but the Holy Spirit is right next to you. So I want to go ahead and invite our guest on here. So I'm going to welcome him him onto the screen right now. Ken Fish, how you doing today, sir? Oh, hang on a second. There you go. How you doing? I'm doing really well. It's great to be with you. Yeah, we're glad to have you very much so. So I, I know that there's, there's probably three or four people on that might not know who you are. 
Uh, <laughs> right. So what's funny is I always invite guests on and I'm like, if you haven't heard of this guy, you've been living under a rock. And then everyone's like, well, I guess I live under a rock. Right. <laughs> and I'm always surprised by that. But I guess in the church world, you know who you know and you don't who you don't. And so uh, why, why don't you tell us a little bit about your ministry? What have you been doing the last couple of years? <laughs> uh, well, my ministry is now known as Orbis Ministries, and we've just recently branded ourselves from a name we've used for a decade, which was Kingdom Fire Ministries. If you go to either website, um, you would the Kingdom Fire will direct you to Orbis. Changed some of our lettering and our color, or a little bit of our language, not a, not a lot, but um, some of the language. And uh, we did the rebranding because uh, we were getting quite a bit of feedback from you know the world the marketplace the the church community that there were a lot of believers for whom the names kingdom and fire no pun intended kingdom was a yellow word and fire was a red letter word yeah it turns so out there would be as it turns out yeah so uh what what resulted in was a people who might have been interested they would just hit that name and it'd be like not nah, going there and so they would just you know veer off and so uh, you know, one donor said, I really think you need to rethink this King Fire thing. It, it, it's kind of an Kingdom Fire Ministries, Orbis Ministries is much off the tongue. And Orbis is a Latin word that means unto, and we do functionally. So that you have people, say, from Pakistan and India, other places. Uh, anyway, so Orbis is maybe more consistent with our having the unintended consequence of some people being off purely because of the nomenclature. Yeah. Which is kind of weird. You know, I know I've been around often, you know, every, every dream kind of has its own distinctions, right? And you, you learn what those are over time. And so, you know, the Pentecostals, they like to talk about, you know, the glory came down or, you know, I, I felt, I felt the, I felt the spirit moving me. Kind of depends on which version of Pentecostalism you might be in. Sure. Whereas, um, you know, maybe in an evangelical church, they would be strong about the word. And Pentecostals wouldn't shy away language, but it wouldn't be their only language. Whereas an evangelical, that would typically be their only language. If you move to, say, the Roman Catholics, they're going to talk about the sacraments and the Holy Father. <clears throat> so everybody has their own kind of language set. And... Uh, Anyway, I, I initially launched Kingdom Fire Ministries with the word kingdom because the teaching on the kingdom of God was so foundational to my understanding and reading of the scripture um, coming out of my time at Fuller Seminary. George Eldon Ladd was kind of the groundbreaking theologian who, who really unpacked the kingdom of God for modern Protestantism. And then my mentor picked it up and popularized it. So kingdom was a long thing for me. But again, if you if you cross over into evangelical streams, and I mean kind of like you know, traditional mainline, Presbyterian, Baptist, whatever, you say the word kingdom, and they're immediately like, wait, well, hold on, that sounds a little bit, mm, I don't know. They know the kingdom of the Bible, but it's, it's not something that people maybe emphasize in the now. And then that word fire, now there, you're definitely in the Pentecostal stream, and so, you know, again, to underscore it, fire is a red letter word. Which is so, so weird to me because uh, if a basketball player starts shooting a lot of shots, they're like, man, he's on fire. But if you say that in the church, they're like, oh my gosh, somebody should help him. 
Well, yeah, wrong. I mean, and, you know, <laughs> this is just the way we use language. And, you know, here's another example of it. Let's totally leave the church world for a moment. And let's just talk about the political sphere. In America, we have conservatives and liberals, right? And we kind of know what that means. And I'm not picking one or the other. I'm just saying we kind of know what that means. If you go to England or Australia or New Zealand, you have the Labour Party and the Liberal Party. And in those countries, the Liberal Party are the equivalent of the Republicans and the Labour Party are the Democrats. So the Labour Party isn't that surprising, but the Liberal thing now being the Republicans, that's sort of, a lot of times people sort of, wait a minute, hold on here. Eventually they sort through it. But bottom line, language gets used different ways in different communities. Yeah. And so one of the most important we have to do when we are preaching, teaching, talking, messaging into the public sphere is we need to be clear about what we are communicating with the words and the uh, the nomenclature we select. Yeah, absolutely. So you spent uh, a lot of years, like you, uh, I know that when we talked a little bit about it, that you used to be on staff with John Wimber, right? So a lot of people yep. may be familiar with John Wimber and his ministry and the Vineyard Movement and all that. And you used to uh, write for him, ghost write for him and be on staff there and do a lot of things with, with that. And you've also, uh, another name that people may be familiar with is Blaine Cook, right? So you travel mm -hmm. with Blaine Cook for some time, done ministry there, right? I actually have a, a friend of mine on here to, uh, today that went to with me to uh, Global, to Randy Clark's ministry. He says you did a great teaching the other day, just I, I think maybe in Australia. You did something just the other day online that Australia said was amazing. Oh, yeah. That's a yeah. church in yeah. Sydney. And, yes. of course, I was supposed to be going to Sydney. Uh, but it turns out this year, because of COVID, I'm unlikely to go to Australia at all, which is really, it's kind of, I don't know, you know, just is it is it random chance? Is it the devil stopping me? Is it a divine sign? I'm not sure on this one, but this would have been, in March, my 100th trip to Australia. Well, yeah. I already heard about your Australia trip just online that you did on, on, on live. So obviously they thought it was exceptionally powerful. They were moved by it that they messaged me and said, oh my gosh, this guy just did a session in, in Sydney and it was amazing. So yeah. I'm expecting that same level of Holy Spirit to just outpour. And I know you've seen some crazy, crazy stuff. And there's a lot of people that maybe on here are, you know, like you were talking about, different denominations process things differently and they have different things. And maybe there's people on here from different denominations that have never really seen the power of God for themselves and, and experienced what it's like to serve a God who's not dead. You know, that yeah. actually moves, breathes, le lives, heals, touches, outpours. And, and so you, I'm sure you've seen some of that. Like, what was what was that journey like for you? Like, were you, uh, you know, transitioned and, and saw the supernatural? Yeah, that's uh, that's that could be a long that could be a whole podcast <laughs> in itself to be a very long story. But right. I'll try to condense it. Um, Just give us a good like a good story, something that happened to you. Well, probably. To, to kind of cut to the chase, I guess, since you want just a good story, and I'll leave out the backstory. Um, I went to a vineyard meeting, and this would have been probably round about maybe 1981 or two. Try, I can't remember exactly, but right in that era. So, you know, I'm older than I look, and, uh, and hopefully I'm smarter than I look, too. Um, Anyway, so I went to this meeting with my mother, and my mother had a bunch of sores in her mouth. And when I say sores, this was really weird. They came up out of nowhere, and they were about maybe the size of my, you know, my that's my pinky finger, about the size of my fingernail. 
and they were all black, like your shirt is black. And they were, you know, on the inside of her lip and they were on her tongue and they were up in her gums and they hurt. And because of that, she was drooling uncontrollably. I mean, to the point where she was walking around with a towel on her mouth to capture all the drool that was coming out of her mouth. So I took her to the Vineyard Church and um, I was kind of on the front end of my true healing journey. But anyway, she got prayed for. And in front of our eyes, literally right in front of our eyes, in a matter of, I don't know, I don't want to exaggerate it, and it's been quite a few years. So I'll say in two minutes, but I think it was more like 30 seconds. But very rapidly, those, those open, oozing sores in her mouth just shrank and vanished. And she wow. stopped drooling, and all the pain left her mouth. Wow. And every once in a while, I've seen healings like that where something absolutely spectacular happens right in front of your eyes. Sometimes, of course, healings are more internal to the body, so they're harder to see or measure. Right. And other times we've seen really dramatic healings that occur over a day or two, and they're still dramatic healings. But to see something like that in front of your eyes, I remember just sort of going, whoa. And uh, my mother <laughs> did the same thing. And she'd always been kind of a weak believer, but a believer of sorts. And I would just say that that experience really propelled her down a pathway that led her to developing a vibrant and robust faith. I would have liked to have said I also had a vibrant and robust faith, but <clears throat> I'd never seen anything like that. Right. And so that was, a, that was a, as we say, an eye-opening experience. Like I said, I was kind of like, whoa. Um, and it wasn't real long after that that I had an experience with the Holy Spirit where uh, you know, hands were laid on me, and I'd, I'd been baptized in the Spirit and spoken in tongues, but the power of God came over me, and when I say that, what I mean is there was a physical, tangible presence that overtook my body, and I began to shake and tremble under the power of God, and ultimately, the power got so strong that I fell to the floor, and, you know, ultimately that power lifted off. But most people, you know, that talk about encounters with God don't talk about that kind of direct, powerful encounter, physical, tangible power of the Holy Spirit in their lives. Since then, I've had other experiences like that, not like hundreds, but I've had others like that. And I've seen it happen to many other people. And this is actually a very biblical thing. Um, we see, for example, when... Samuel anoints Saul as king in the Old Testament. He says, you know, when you leave here this day, you're going to go near Rachel's tomb in Zelza, and you're going to run into this group of prophets. This is all in 1 Samuel uh, 10. And he says, and then the power of the Spirit will come upon you, and you will be changed into a new man. And that identical experience happens to David when, he, when Samuel goes to Jesse's house in 1 Samuel 16. Because, of course, Saul has blown it and, you know, a new king is going to be anointed. And then there's another story in 1 Samuel 19, uh, I believe it's verse 9, where um, Saul is trying to arrest David to kill him. And David has fled to be with Samuel. And it says Samuel was standing at the head of the school of the prophets at Ramah and the spirit of God was powerfully upon them. 
and they were all prophesying as a group and first one group of soldiers and then a second and then a third they all fall out in the spirit because of this presence that's there and finally Saul says look if you got to get a job done you got to do it yourself so he goes there and it says the spirit of God came upon him in power and it turns out he strips off clothes and he lies there for 24 hours naked before Samuel prophesying and in all this we see two kings you know Saul and David and uh, we see people saying, you know, is Saul also numbered among the prophets? So this phenomenon is found in the pages of scripture. It goes on. We see it where, this, where the power of God overcomes Ezekiel by the river Kebar in uh, Ezekiel 1 and several places following that. And then Daniel also has experiences like this. He's also a captive in Babylon, sort of coterminous with Ezekiel, although we don't know if they knew each other. And it says Dan Daniel was on knees shaking and trembling because or that was upon him. So these things are in scripture. They're described phenomenologically. And yet most of the time, because we haven't experienced it, we have blinders, both worldview. And also we just we go, what does that mean? Ah, well, whatever. It's it just a profound presence of God or a sense of reverence and holiness. This is far more than that. This is yeah. direct encounter of the Holy Spirit. And. Um, so Lonnie used to have that in his ministry, John Wimber and Blaine Cook had it in their ministry. <clears throat> and, you know, I hung around all three of those guys by, you know, but some more than others, but I knew them all. Hey, and, Lonnie uh, these still things has often it in happen ministry. in my meetings as well. Yeah. Lonnie still has it in his ministry. I was in California a couple of months ago in March, hanging out with Peter Crawford, who was with Lonnie in South Africa for all the South African revivals. He was with Lonnie Frisbee when they got prayed for by uh, Billy Graham. When Billy Graham laid hands on Lonnie Frisbee, that was Peter Crawford and Lonnie. And uh, Peter laid Lonnie Frisbee's black leather jacket that he wore all the time. Peter Crawford yep. has that. Laid that jacket on me, prophesied and prayed over me, and I got messed up. Okay, I I didn't get up for an hour. Uh, I was glued to the floor, like I the presence of God. So Lonnie still has it going on, <laughs> right? Well, and so to that point, actually, um, you know, back in the day, people used to make comments about Lonnie and specifically that kit, and he also had a buckskin cape. On had painted a picture of Jesus, and he would roll that cape up into like a long, you know, cylinder. And he would go through the crowds hitting art, but, you know, bumping them with it, whacking them with it. And people that would be hit by it would often fall out in the spirit as we come under the power of God. And so, you know, this was highly offensive to some people who did have, who had no framework for it. Uh, but it was, it was quite, and in fact, yesterday was uh, May 10 and uh, it was the 40th anniversary of the visitation of the Holy Spirit upon the Vineyard Movement at what is now known as the Anaheim Vineyard, but in those days it was Calvary Chapel of Yorba right. Linda meeting at Canyon High School in Anaheim, California. Uh, and Lonnie, you know, brought brought the Holy Spirit. So it's 40 years as we record this a day. Um, and I, I don't know, pr me personally, I think this is a significant milestone. I think the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness for 40 years mm. and then their wilderness wanderings ended and it was time to take the land. And I, I said um, from the platform at Morningstar Ministries early this year before we all went into caves to hide from COVID uh, that I believed that around about Mother's Day, I didn't say exactly on Mother's Day, but I said around about Mother's Day, I said, I'm, I'm going to 
I'm going to, I won't, I'll stop short of making a prophetic declaration, but I'll call it a prophetic speculation hmm. uh, that, that I believe something is going to be released around about that time. And so now we've crossed that frontier. So, you know, Lonnie brought something that was, I mean, it, it's, he's kind of the unsung hero. People look readily at John Wimber, but for many people, Lonnie's been forgotten. Uh, maybe he's just unknown, but you know, well, John Wimber got stopped, this. A yeah, lot of people yeah. stopped talking about him because of, you know, last couple of years of his life, you know, right. if you've read his, yep, there so was they, they kind of, they kind of kept him out of the conversation. So there's a lot of people on here that don't know who Lonnie Frisbee is. They don't understand the whole Jesus movement of the sixties, you know, and, and, and what he really started, you know, and it's funny that you say that because as you lead into what you're about to say, because I have actually noticed this over the last couple of months, I've said this to several friends. All these people that I know, all these powerful men I, uh, of God that I know and that I'm connected to, every time I have a conversation with them, it's not no one's connected me to them. It hasn't been dot, 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 dot for connections. It's always one or two, you know, I get connected through one person and not another or find out we all have mutual friends. But every time I trace back the connections in the last few months, everybody I've met has a connection to Lonnie Frisbee. Every yep. single one of them. And I'm amazed going, you know, there's something that Lonnie Frisbee started uh, 40 years ago and is just now starting to like come together. So I've seen this huge coming together just in my own life um, and, and all of them having roots in or being grandsons of Lonnie Frisbee's ministry. Uh, just powerfully. So, so I'm, I'm tracking with you hundred percent. Something about his ministry is coming out of the wilderness right now. Well, amazing. and, and there's more to that than we can say. I've actually preached messages on this and I don't have my notes open. So I'm going to do the, you know, from memory. Um, and so the gist will be right, but I, I might have to stop and think, but Lonnie himself, now he was, a very broken individual and he had a horrific upbringing which continued to haunt him well into his adult life and it actually contributed to you know the ending of his life um i would say now i mean i'm 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 a lot i've i've watched a lot of people get free of well if you name it i've probably seen it happen um, in terms of miracles that are, you know, biblical type healings and miracles. Healings and miracles in my mind aren't exactly the same, but anyway, we'll set that aside for the moment. Um, so today, if I, if I were to sit down with Lonnie, I'd say, right, I think you and I need to take a weekend and sort all this out and we can, we can get this fixed because we know so much more about inner healing, about f getting free uh, than, than, no years, but okay. Lonnie was a broken vessel and God used him despite that severe brokenness. Yeah. But here's what we can say. And this is where I want to go with this. Lonnie, as his decorations, as you say, you know, he, he sought out Billy Graham, which in his day, Billy Graham was the prince of the evangelists. Um, but you know, the other person that you don't hear talked about as much, although you can look this up readily on YouTube, so there's no question that what I'm about to say is right. You can verify it yourself. Lonnie became affiliated with Catherine Kuhlman. Right. And her, and yeah. her ministry. And he would appear on her show, and you know, at times she would have him speak or whatever, but he was just a fresh-faced young kid. But there was some kind of a connection between him and Catherine. 
And of course, Catherine was known for this kind of moving of the spirit of God. And you know, she'd come out in these long flowing robes, which would be the female equivalent of the buckskin cape. And she would say, oh, the Holy Spirit is moving. And oh, I feel him moving back there. And, you know, somebody would get called out and some healing would happen. And at times the Spirit of God would sleep into the room and whole sections of people, sometimes the whole room itself. And when I say room, we might mean the Shrine Auditorium in Los Angeles. So yeah, it could be 15,000 people. Yeah. yeah. But <laughs> they just get mowed down under the Spirit of God. One time my mother, when I was a young, young boy, took me to a Catherine Kuhlman meeting at the Shrine Auditorium. And she was so freaked out. She she picked me up and we ran out of the building. I mean, that was it. We, but but I remember that on one occasion with my own eyes. So Lonnie was carrying something that came from Catherine, I believe. In fact, it is said by people who are, you know, I mean, I, I take them at their word because they generally don't have their facts wrong and they aren't prone to exaggeration. But it is said that when Catherine Kuhlman died, as it were, her mantle was torn into seven strips. Now, when we use the word mantle, we refer to a, you know, a ministry anointing. It's, it's not just a touch or a grace. It's something that they carry and kind of becomes a defining hallmark of how they minister. So Catherine's mantle, as it is said, again, that's very Pentecostal language. It'll cause any evangelicals or Catholics to crawl <laughs> up the walls as I say it. But anyway, um, it was torn into seven strips. And I don't remember where they all went, but here's what I do remember. One went to Lonnie. One went to Mario Murillo, and uh, one went to Benny Hinn. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? Yeah. So, all right, now let's go back upstream from right. Catherine Be Coleman. Lonnie was the first one that swung the lightsaber at people. It wasn't yeah. Benny Hinn. People don't know that, that Benny Hinn wasn't the first one to swing his jacket. Lonnie was swinging that cape at people. That's right. He was really that first one that you could take and make into a lightsaber video. <laughs> there you go. So, okay, let's go upstream from Catherine. Where did Catherine get this? Well, she was she was a consort of, I wouldn't say beholden to, but she had an affiliation with Amy Semple McPherson, who was the founder of the Foursquare denomination, who had an unbelievably powerful healing ministry. Um, she founded the Foursquare denomination. Now, I'm going to kind of, somebody's going to fact check me, and I'll probably be off on this, but by memory, I think she they, she founded the Foursquare in 1925, and if I remember it correctly, she died in 1944. So nearly 30 years, 29 years, she was at the head of the Foursquare. She built Angelus Temple in downtown LA during the Great Depression years, and I know this from talking to people who are still alive today, who were part of that ministry, who still live here in the LA area. Um, they were feeding more people out of Angelus Temple than the combined city of LA, county of LA, state of California, and federal government. They were rendering more relief and food assistance to the people of greater Los Angeles than those four governmental bodies. Wow. Yeah. And she had her healing ministry. And when in the, in the 1980s, I had a job in downtown LA. And on a couple of occasions, I wanted to go check out Angeles Temple, which I could see out of my office window, but it was about a mile and a half away. And so I, you know, whatever, took a taxi over or something at lunch. But I went in, and in those years, it's no longer there. I want to be clear. So if someone tries to duplicate this, they're not going to find it. But in those years, Angelus Temple was built on five stories, and it seated about 5,000 people. And as you climbed the stairs, they didn't have uh, elevators 
in those days. They added them later. As you came to the head of each staircase and turned to go up the next staircase, as you were doing that, at the head of each staircase, there was a glass case. And in it, you would see ear horns, which were the ancient equivalent of uh, hearing aids. They had uh, stretchers, eyeglasses, uh, conveyances, crutches, uh, braces for the arms and the legs, wow. things like this on exhibit in these cases. And it said underneath, you know, John Smith, 123 Elm Street, Pasadena, California. So it was clearly saying, if you want to verify this, go knock on this guy's door and ask him if this really happened to him. So they had all this on exhibit. Well, some years afterward, I went back and that was all gone. And I found the uh, the sexton, the, you know, the, the guy who keeps the church up and Today, we just say janitor. And I found this guy and I said, hey, you, you know, when I was here years ago, you had all these glass cases with all this stuff, all this paraphernalia that was left over from healings. And um, he said, yeah, we keep all that down in the basement now. And I said, why do you do that? And he goes, well, I was just gathering dust and all that. And I thought, well, as it were, not much of that was going on at that moment at Angelus Temple. It's still open as a church, but in a way, it was almost like... Um, in a front, right? It was almost like a poke in the eye. Why aren't you doing this now? Yeah. And so they'd taken it out of public vision and taken the cases down. But again, I'm a living eyewitness. And, you know, I attest that what I am saying is is accurate and correct. Well, I think you hit on something right there, what you're talking about. I think, you know, there's a lot of people, for instance, when, when healing broke out at our church, you know, I, I, uh, we were seeing healings, we were seeing signs and wonders and things like that, but not on a consistent basis. Uh, I went and spent three weeks uh, in Pennsylvania at Randy Clark's uh, Global Awakening, and I spent three weeks there. And when I came back, you know, I had learned how to steward and release what was already happening in a more powerful and significant way. And I came back and healing broke out that first Sunday, like 12 people were miraculously healed. We spent the whole service getting testimonies of people coming up, up on stage and saying, I was healed of a broken ankle. I was healed of a, of a broken shoulder, you know, and just going down the line of all these different healings that happened. And I thought, man, next Sunday, there's going to be a line out the door. We've hit the jackpot. Like church is going to fill up. It's going to be amazing. And, and next Sunday we had less people than that, than that week. And it seemed like every time someone got healed, somebody else left the church. And I've told this story before, but it was like, if they got healed, someone else would leave. And I asked the Lord said, I, Lord, I don't understand this. They're watching the power of God. And a lot of the ones that left never once said, I don't think that's real. And I think you guys are faking it. They believed it was real. And they would leave the church. And I, and I said, Lord, I don't understand why in the world, when they see you actually working, when they see you moving, would they leave? And it turns out the Lord answered me and said this. He says, because you've challenged them that not only do I heal, but that they're able to heal. And this is for everyone. And I said, they, and he said this to me, he says, they wanted to come to church and check it off the box. I've been a good boy. I went to church. Now I can go home and, and live my life. I, I wanted to come to church to thank him for blessing my plan. Now I can't go to Walmart and see somebody that's limping and not feel guilty. Because I yeah. know that God will heal them if I stop and pray. And I don't want that responsibility. I don't want it hanging on me. So if I just if I just take it out of my eyesight, it's an affront that I have to do it. So just pull those glass cases down, put them in the, in the basement. Then we don't have to be reminded that we're supposed to do this. And we don't have to have that pressure. People didn't want the pressure of believing they needed to start praying for people with faith and seeing it happen. Yeah, that's right. And that's exactly what happened at that church. The other thing that happens, and then I'm going to go back to the story, but the other thing that happens is um, 
for a lot of people, um, there is, you know, when God is moving, it can be very emotional. Sometimes they are experiencing emotional release, and so they may be weeping over their sins. John Wesley experienced this. Jonathan Edwards experienced this. George Whitfield experienced this. In fact, they used to call it the mourner's bench at the front of the church where people would come forward and they would mourn. They would grieve over their sins as they were repenting and getting saved. And it was offensive in those days, too. There were many critics of this emotionalism of revival. Um, but in many churches, when people are being touched by God, um, they may start crying. Uh, sometimes they'll start laughing. You know, think of the Toronto blessing. Uh, sometimes, depending on the nature of what's happening, they may shriek. Uh, sometimes they swoon or fall down. But all of these things, to people who have not been exposed to this and have no real biblical framework, because it's either been omitted from the biblical teaching they've had or maybe it's been deliberately suppressed from the, the biblical teaching they've had, or maybe they're just ignorant. Maybe they just don't know the Bible that well. They've gone to church all their life, but they don't really, they don't really know about a living and dynamic encounter kind of lifestyle with God. Yeah. When they get around that, it is highly offensive to them. I don't want all that emotionalism. This is ridiculous. And in fact, America has gotten to the place at this time in history where really the only place that we are allowed to be emotional really allowed to be emotional is at sporting events you ah. can get really ramped up for the you know whatever pick your team the new england patriots or the los angeles rams or you know whatever the denver broncos i'm not picking on anybody i'm just that and it could be basketball baseball hockey i, I don't care but but you're, that's okay but even at weddings a lot of times people are like they're sitting there stoically i can't be seen to be crying as you know this this ceremony is taking place or funerals People are garbed in black. The widow is sitting there or the children of the deceased are sitting there and still they're like this. And then they go home and they have to process their grief in private. We do not allow public displays of emotion at all, good or bad. If you're too happy, uh, that's, you know, something's wrong with them. If you're angry, God forbid, they'll haul you out of the airport because you're dangerous and you, you know, your, your <laughs> anger, your elevated voice is threatening to the counter agent or the TSA people. Or, I mean, we don't allow emotion except no, in a sporting event. No so when, you, when that goes spaces. on in church, what happens? People are like, switch off. I don't want to be around this. Get me out of here. And that's a real thing. It's, I mean, it's a yeah. serious thing. No, I agree with you. And it's a cultural norm is what's happening where spirituality now is overriding cultural norms. And the question becomes, what's going to predominate? Are we going to go with what God is doing or are we going to go with what we have become acculturated to? And with that, we now have a snapshot of the very thing that happened to Paul in Ephesus. All these people are coming and they're throwing in their idols and their magic books and all that. And they're having a you know Holy Ghost revival in Ephesus, and what do the what does the coppersmiths and the silversmiths guild led by Demetrius what do they say? Well, you see, Paul is leading away a great many people, and he's going to take Artemis from her throne of glory, and she will you know she whom all Asia worships, she will be robbed of all that she should have, and so now a riot gets stirred up, and it becomes dangerous for Paul. This was about destroying cultural norms. This was about upending the conventional social order that nobody even questions anymore because it's become so mainstream. And this is what happens in revival. Yeah, that's true. 
You're right. Revival happens and cultural norms have to shift. That was the same thing with Jehoshaphat. When he rediscovered the, the, the word of God, he went and through and swiped out all the Asher poles, got rid of the old priests and installed new priests. The cultural norm shifted when Jehoshaphat rediscovered the word of God. So every revival has had a cultural shift that's out right. of the cultural norm. So that that's just spot on. So we, as believers, you that are watching right now, there has to be a shift. The old way of you doing it that wasn't bringing you to the fullness of Christ has to shift. You cannot remain the same and then also receive more. There That's has right. to be there has to be an equal shift. You yep. have to go through a transition where you line up with the word of God. So if God's wanting to pour out more, then there should be more pouring out of you. It should be an equal measure that's poured out into you that pours out out of you. There has to be a shift out of the cultural norm. Your normal, you know, I, I hate this phrase. Everyone's saying, oh, I hope that, um, you know, as soon as this COVID thing dies down, we can go back to normal. I never want to go back to normal. I am not interested in yesterday's outpouring. I want, I believe God is about to pour out his spirit in a new and powerful way. I have no interest in going backwards. Uh, I, and I guess maybe a lot of pastors are saying that because they don't, they don't know what to do in this season. And, and what we've done was, you know what? We lost our four walls. So we created a digital wall. We created a digital room, a digital temple right here. And we've seen people get healed, set free, saved, uh, delivered. We've seen them empowered. We've seen the power of the Holy Ghost fall on them. Like incredible things happen right here. So there's no reason to go back to what we know. We need to step into the new normal. We need That's to step. Right. There needs to be a cultural shift. And right. this is part of it. What we're doing right now is part of it. Uh, you know, and we need to take back the airwaves from the God of the air. Right. And, and that's what we're doing right here. And you and I talked earlier about things we technically can't talk about on this platform, but we know that we need to take away the airwaves from the God of the air and that it's time for God to own these airwaves, to own these social media platforms. That's uh, correct. And, and so we're just going to believe that God's going to do that in a powerful way. So you guys that are watching right now, this is a moment right here for you to start shifting. You're hearing great history about what's happened in the church, about about powerful men and women of God that have led the way up to this moment. And I don't think this is an accident that we're going this way. Led the way up into this moment. Great generals that have prepared the way for the battlefield to be clear for you to, for you to charge ahead. So it's a moment now for you guys to charge into it and say, hey, I want what they had. I want to see that stuff again. It's time for me to hang up the glass case back on the wall and show what God has done. And yep. I think that's important, right? Right. Absolutely. Come on. So let's go on with the story though, because we're not actually done. So yeah, we've there. gone from Lonnie to Catherine Kuhlman, now to Amy Semple McPherson. Got to get my hands lined up here on the camera. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> so we've gone back, you know, uh, to a, a third generation back and then, um, share guys, by the way, share out the broadcast. We're only have where, day. Where did this come to for Amy Semple McPherson? Well, L.A. has had a long history of being a center of revival. It's not the only center of revival, but it has certainly been a center of revival. And Amy Semple McPherson, uh, if I have my year right, and I, I'm pretty sure it is 1925. I could Google it, but I'm broadcasting, and I don't want to appear to be doing that. <laughs> but um, I, I think it was 25. Well, there was uh, there were two men who were known particularly for their very powerful healing ministries in the teens and the twenties of the twentieth century. 
One of them was Fred Francis Bosworth or F.F. Bosworth. Um, he's most famously known in our time for a book called Christ the Healer. And then there was another man named John Graham Lake, usually called John G. Lake. And, uh, and both of these men, they, they were somewhat different in how they functioned, but they both had very powerful healing ministries. They knew one another. And Amy Semple McPherson was a consort of theirs, not in an immoral sense, but just she hung around them and right. caught some of that that was, you know, carrying on there. Um, so now we've pushed it back a, a few years, uh, another generation in the spirit, if you will to Lake and Bosworth, and there were others beyond them, but I'm, I'm mentioning those two. Right, and John G. Lake is most famous right now for the Spanish flu, about how he you know, took care of people during the Spanish flu and did it and didn't use gloves or respirators or, you know, didn't use any of the stuff, but never caught the Spanish flu. And they, you know, the story goes that he, that they actually put the Spanish flu in his hand, looked at it under a microscope. And when it touched his hand, it died. And Except so, for one thing. It wasn't Spanish flu. It was bubonic plague. It was bubonic plague. Yeah. It was bubonic And it was plague. in South Africa. Yeah, in South Africa. So right. I remember that. So yeah, I think the stories get mixed up a little bit. But yeah, in South Africa. And that's what John G. Lake. So if you, you on the internet, they keep posting about that. So now John G. Lake's ministry has become front and center again. So now we're hearing the history of, and I think this is important, and, and I'll let you finish the story. Share this out, guys, because this is really important. And the reason why this is important, this is not a history lesson. This is to show you, a lot of people think this, that the Pentecostal movement or the charismatic stuff, you know, or the oh, Holy Ghost showing up and healing people that this is somehow a brand new thing that we just like kind of invented this out of nowhere. This has been happening every generation. There's just right. two people with blinders onto it. That's right. So he's kind That's of right. walking it back to show us this has never stopped and it didn't start. That's it, right. Go for it. Okay. So going back from Bosworth and Lake now to Azusa street itself. Now Azusa street was uh, the, I don't know, God put his hand on a man named William Seymour. And William Seymour was a, uh, you know, he was a, a famous preacher, but he was a one-eyed black man in a time when blacks, you know, civil rights wasn't a thing. And in fact, he had gone to a Bible school in Topeka, Kansas, where he was hungry for the word, he was hungry for the things of God. And he was under the tutelage of a man named Charles Parham, and this was in 1901, so 119 years ago. And Parham, I don't know how much of a racist Parham was or wasn't. I'll just say societal norms were quite a bit different then. So what was acceptable then would not be acceptable now. But Parham did allow uh, Seymour to sit just outside the door of his classroom, where he could hear clearly, but he couldn't be in the classroom. And again, please no one get offended. Please no one call me a racist. Please don't send the hate mail. I'm not, I'm not supporting this. I'm just describing what happened historically. Right. And I'm recognizing that the sensibilities of the era were different than they are today. Um, anyway, Seymour got something out of that. And so he went to California and he started a bunch of meetings in a house at, if I have the address right, I think it's 258 Bonnie Bray Street. It's on Bonnie Bray. Um, and so many people began to gather to these meetings he was holding in this house that literally the front porch with the weight of people that were standing outside listening in. So kind of what he had in, in Topeka, they had in Los Angeles. He's in the house preaching. They're out on the porch. And of course, there were people in the house too. The front porch literally broke and snapped because the house was on a mild slope. 
it broke and snapped and they went, well, we can't do this anymore. So they went and rented a livery stable, a, you know, a, a stable for animals um, in the center of Los Angeles at Azusa Street. And they moved the meetings into the livery stable and the Azusa Street revival broke out from 1906 to 1909. Well, Lake and Bosworth came to the Azusa Street revival and got what they captured there along with um, Lake had some exposure to another healer who came out of Adelaide, Australia, and who had been kicked out by the Australian government for practicing medicine without a license. And that <laughs> man's name was John Alexander Dowie, and he founded Zion City, Illinois. It's still there today, but it's no longer the city that it was. But at one time, the U.S. government certified that Zion City, Illinois was the healthiest city in America because they practiced divine healing there. So so Lake in particular had a cross cross strain between Dowie and what he got from Seymour. So let's now try to lay this thing out. We've got, I'm gonna start with William Seymour. And then below that, we've got Lake and uh, Bosworth. And below that, we've got Amy Semple McPherson. And below that, we've got Catherine Kuhlman. And below that, we've got Lonnie Frisbee. Now, if you followed what I just did, I went to the great, great, great grandson of William Seymour by the time we get to Lonnie Frisbee. Yeah. And then Lonnie Frisbee brings the power of the Holy Spirit first to the Jesus People movement and later to John Wimber in the Vineyard movement. Now, John was already doing something with healing, but power of the type we're describing was not part of his um, practice set at that point. And Lonnie, I would say, was shock and awe, introduced this to the vineyard movement. And so John Wimber becomes, so again, now we've got Seymour goes to Lake and Bosworth goes to Amy. So we're at the great, we're at the granddaughter goes to um, Catherine Coleman, the great granddaughter goes to Lonnie, the, the great, great grandson. Sorry. I said, great, 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 but two greats, great, great grandson. John Wimber becomes the great, great, great grandson of it. And then John of course spawned a number of ministries, one of whom is Randy Clark. And so Randy becomes the great, 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 great grandson of this move of God. And of course, he has now gone and spawned others, including yep. yourself. Yes. So that makes you the great, 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 great grandson of the Azusa Street Revival. Now, we don't usually think of generations moving that quickly, but in the spirit, they can. And wow. so uh, this is the spiritual wow. genesis of all that we are speaking of. Wow. I mean, just, just try and look something that I hold on the screen in just a moment. As we've been talking, I just felt prompted to do it, but I had to turn on my uh, I had to turn on my iPad to show it. So you'll have to you have to give me a second here. Sure. Now, I just want to explain what happened here. The date on this is July 20, 2013. So it's about seven years ago. And a friend of mine had come to visit me in Los Angeles and we decided to go on one of these spiritual journeys. And so we went to the cemetery where William Seymour is buried. Wow. And as I, as I mentioned, um, we went in July. It was July the 20th. Now, July in Los Angeles is hot weather. It's, it's, the, it's the center of the dry season. No rain has fallen for months. And so we went to Evergreen Cemetery in Los Angeles, and we found the, the groundskeeper, and we asked, where is William Seymour buried? And he said, well, you know, it's over there. So he said, you'll have to go look for it, but it's kind of over there. And so we went and hunted around and we found the grave of William Seymour. This is the founder of the Azusa Street Revival. And um, 
we were shocked at what we saw. And in a minute, you're going to see it too. I'm going to hold it up in just a moment, but I'm, I'm building here. I'm building the anticipation, right? Share like the any live stream part. now. It's okay. going to get good. <laughs> share it now. If you haven't hit the share button, share it out now. Cause people, people need to hear this. You need to understand what we're, we're building this somewhere. I mean, the Lord has been speaking to me the whole time he's sharing this testimony. So I'm gonna let him keep going, but okay. So here we go. So we're, we're in the cemetery <clears throat> And we get there, and the entire cemetery is brown. I mean, dead brown. Like, as I'm looking at you, and I see behind you, there's like a, I don't know, is that a, is that a wood cabinet or something that's kind of a pale brown behind you? It's browner than that, and you'll see it in a moment. But here is William Seymour's grave, and there is grass this tall growing exactly where the coffin would be that they placed into the ground for William Seymour. And outside of that perimeter, it's dead. So I'm like, and there's no sprinklers or anything, right? So I go and I find the groundskeeper and I said, does anyone come here and like water this? He goes, no, nobody's been here. He said, every now and then someone like you shows up and wants to visit. But he said, we haven't had anybody here in months. And, uh, and he said, it just grows this way. It never dies. Now there, I'm trying to hold it up so you can see it. A little it. higher, a little higher. There Whoa, we go. Oh, yeah. Right there, there is the tomb of William Seymour. You can see that it's green grass. Are you it's got a proper me? headstone. And then it's got one that's laid into the ground that you can see right next to the headstone. But that grass, I'm not kidding you, that's like eight or nine inches tall. And that is the grave of William Seymour. I mean, if that doesn't speak of the ever-flowing river of God and how even in a dry season, God's spirit can still be found, you're never going to see anything that speaks of that to you. I'm moving it back so wow. it's a little less blurry. And that's that's an authentic picture. You can see at the top, hold I've got down. July 20, 2013. was taken at Evergreen hold, Cemetery hold, hold in L.A. That. Hold that up just for one more second. I just want to point out how many other, yeah, just a little bit back right there, how many other gravestones there are, and you see nothing green anywhere. Nothing. There is not a strip of green anywhere on that picture. Is that a crazy wow. picture? I mean, that is... I, I, Phenomenal. I thought nobody will ever believe this, but honestly, this this is an unretouched photograph. Come on, guys. Share out the broadcast. Someone needs to see this. Like, hit the share button. Publicly share this and say this is unbelievable. So th that you took that picture. I took that picture myself. Here's my buddy that went with me kneeling next to that grave. Um, he's a he's a pastor from Australia. And you and let me hold on a minute. I'll show you a couple of others. Here's me next That's to the grave. <laughs> And That's then unbelievable. It is unbelievable. And here's a straight on shot of it. You can see just how long and tall that grass is. And I've got one other one that I'm going to find here very quickly. This shows you some of the, uh, look at that one that kind of looks like a tower. It's kind of an yeah. odd shaped grave. And you can see there's a little bit of a low swale just there where one grave is in front of the other next to the right side of that tower. Um, but you can just see how dry and dead everything is, except right there on that tomb, it's it's living because God's spirit never dies. Here's one from the side looking away to some of the trees. But again, you can see there's nothing really growing. There's a little couple patches of green, but nothing long and lush like that. There's one more from kind of a different angle. Yeah. So anyway, this That's this is insane. all unretouched stuff. I just took the photo on my phone filed it away. And anyway, I thought maybe some of our viewers would be interested in seeing this because, you know, a lot of times we talk about how the river of God keeps flowing 
and and I, I just want to I want to really drill this into your head. So we've traced a spiritual lineage from William Seymour to Lake and Bosworth to Amy Semple McPherson to um, Catherine Coleman to Lonnie to well directly to me because I traveled with him directly to John Wimber through John Wimber to Randy Clark and it doesn't matter if it's you know Bill Johnson or any of these people they're all in one way or another looking upstream to this tributary of the river there are other branches of the river too we're not the only ones but we this is how rivers work but <clears throat> everybody that we think of as the revival alliance many of them talk about John Wimber but as we said early on in this broadcast for many of them, Lonnie Frisbee is the unsung hero. He's an unknown quantity, but he is actually the direct gateway and conduit to all of this other spiritual lineage that goes right back to that wow. green grave I showed you. Well, and Christopher Smith just posted the scriptural significance there that shows and proves what, what that is. You know, Elijah, when they put the man body you know, on, on top of his bones, the man came back to life. That's right. So there's Seymour right there. The ground itself is alive because he's there. Like That's, that's right unbelievable like that whole story was worth that moment right there for sure <laughs> like if everyone's like oh a history lesson uh, like that was great anyways but that oh man that's good that's good so right here there. we are right yeah it's 2020 and the river is still flowing and the river is still flowing and you might you might be in the in the you know bethel tributary or the global awakening tributary or the I don't know. The, I don't think I'm big enough to be a tributary, but the Ken Fish trickle of a stream. But, you know, whatever, whatever branch of it, however you've accessed it, you know, all of this comes down from that great headwaters where God released the Holy Spirit in great quantity and power in the early years of the 20th century as a sign of the last days. We live in the last days. Yeah. Now, it's been 119 years since since uh, Topeka. It, the, the Zusa Street revival started in 1906, so it's been 114 years from there. But, you know, the drum beats are increasing, and I have a whole thing we could talk about there if, if we have time and you want to do it. Otherwise, we'll do it another time. But Time's, time's on you. Okay. But, we'll, um, we'll sit here till midnight. Most of the people will, too. They don't care. Well, I, I just want to say that I don't think people realize that we are living in the foreshortening of the prophetic time clock. Yeah. And, and I even believe... I think with sound scriptural support, if I went through it all, that the, the coming of COVID upon the earth is what Jesus termed the beginning of sorrows. This is a time of great difficulties and upset and upheaval. We could say tribulation and affliction. Um, we're not going to get into the conversation about pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib rapture. We're just not going to go there. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> but, but what Jesus did say that there would be a time of distress unlike any from the beginning of the world. We've never seen a global pandemic. They had the Black Death in the, in the mid-1300s from 1347 to 1351, and it was in Asia, and it migrated to Europe. That was what they called the known world, but it didn't affect the Americas because Americas were undiscovered by those civilizations at that point. They kind of had their own uh, stream of history. But... Um, but there's never been anything global like this. And I saw a statistic not too long ago that said 5 billion people on this planet were living under lockdown. 5 billion people. That's the population of the earth is 7.7 .7 billion. So that's two-thirds of the earth was under lockdown. Yeah. Yeah. And we've never seen anything like it. And, you know, okay, COVID, did we flatten the curve and, you know, prevent something really catastrophic? 
It seems maybe yes, although as we open things up, we'll see if it resurges. Maybe not. Maybe it's too early to say. But bottom line, this has really been, if you will, a wake-up call for the whole of the earth about these very kinds of issues that Jesus spoke about. And with that, I, I really believe we are standing at the, at the beginning of the last of the last days. I'm not going to make the foolish mistake that so many have made of saying, you know, this is the year Jesus is coming back. Jesus said, no man knows the day or the hour, not even the angels in heaven, only my father knows. So, but he did say you can know the times and the seasons. And I think we need to be paying close attention because there are other prophetic indicators that would tell us these are those times. These are those seasons to which the Savior referred. And with that, we want to be uh, quite well intentional about how we live. Yeah, well, I believe 100% the Lord has showed me very clearly in many visions that there's going to be a great outpouring, one which the church has never seen before. None of us in our lifetime have seen an outpouring that we're about to have. So we hear the story of all these great outpourings, great ministries, but what we are about to walk into, and I believe Pentecost is the unleashing of it, is there's going to be a, an outpouring like we've never seen before in our lifetimes for sure. And so if we're going to see that kind of outpouring, it comes with a significant season. There is a yeah. reason for that type of, of outpouring. And so we need to be preparing ourselves and aligning ourselves with what God is about to do in this season. So understanding what we come from, you know, and this is important. You know, we said that thing about the bones and stuff. We, we don't have to go uh, touch Elijah's bones to get the Elijah anointing anymore. That's not how it works. You just showed that clearly that this has been passed down from great man to great man to great man. And there's just an outpouring of mantles, an outpouring of anointing that are happening on the body of Christ uh, that, that are going from generation to generation. This is not dying off with the Seymours. Right. This exactly. is not dying. It's and continuing I think it's, to escalate. I think it's significant that right in the middle of that, we have Amy Semple McPherson and Catherine Coleman, which means this isn't restricted to men either. And so the Come prophecy on. of Joel I will pour out my spirit on your men and your women, on your young men, on your young women, on your old men, your old women, handmaidens. Has, uh, so it, it's it's for everybody. It's for the whole there, earth. Has there ever been another example in history of him pouring out his spirit on uh, like that on women? Well, I, I think I in the New Testament, yeah, I think you well, could in argue. In the New Testament. No, I'm, I'm just saying in, in history's history of, of that Joel moment. You, you could say that in the New Testament, but in our history— uh, I can't think I can only think of one other woman in all of history that might have had a powerful outpouring like that that was accepted by the church. And that might be Joan of Arc, right? Heard from she God, wasn't led accepted. an army. She was burned at the stake. She, she was eventually burned at the stake, but for a while there she led an army, right? She was yeah, that's right. allowed to be in position. And so I can't remember another time where where God poured out his his spirit on women in history and then they were allowed to be in position except you know Amy Simple McPherson and then Catherine Coleman and now you have just too many to name now you have too many great women just operating in power to name now and so you're seeing this a shift you're seeing uh, an acceptance I should say not that God hasn't been doing it the whole time but an acceptance of that Joel scripture where right. they're allowing women to take their position Francis of Assisi had a counterparty um there were, again, there's no evidence at all that there was anything sexual between them. And we really, we shouldn't even need to say that, but we live in times where there's so much immorality that we have to say it. We get but, question uh, about Jesus and, and Mary. So yeah, <laughs> that happens all the time. So St. Francis of Assisi had a woman named Claire and she founded an order called the Poor Clares. And really what Francis did, 
she did with the women. So that might be one. And John of the Cross, who was a 16th century mystic, um, he had a, a, a female counterpart named Teresa of Avila. And um, she, she was quite a powerful seer, visionary. Um, and we, I actually have over here on my shelf some of the writings of some of the female mystics. I've got Hildegard of Bingen up there, Catherine of Siena, Hadwich, Dame Julian of Norwich, or Norwich, if you say it in proper British English. Um, and there, there are some others. So there have been women, but I mean, if we're honest, yeah, for the most part, men have kinda, predominated kinda the landscape. Yeah. Yeah, kind yeah. of hit. And ju just for everyone that's listening, if you've never heard that term mystics, it's not it's not uh, uh, don't take it the way that you uh, initially would. That's like one of those uh, words that's used in church culture that understands that outside of it, you're like mystics. We're talking about like sorcerers. No, 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 no. That's a biblical term for flowing in the spirit or using the gifts of God. OK, it's just it's it, you know, it's not a it's not a it's 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 not a Disney movie. And interestingly, they tended to be known. <laughs> Uh, for healing gifts and visionary prophetic gifts, sometimes right. with dreams. So prophecy, healing, yeah. they would have referred to them as mystics. That's a common term. Don't yep. mistake that for some kind of worldly understanding of mystics. I'll tell you something else kind of in that vein that's an interesting point. But I want to I want to qualify it as I say it. Years ago, when I was doing work for John Wimber, I remember reading somewhere, somewhere in a book, that John Wesley, when he was on his circuit and leading revivals all over England and to a lesser extent in America, but, but primarily in England, he would ride into a village and he would ask, where does the anchorite live? Now, an anchorite <clears throat> was a specific term and they called them anchorites because they were anchored. They were most commonly women, but not exclusively. And they, what would happen is they would build what they would call a cell, C-E-L-L, -L, on the outer wall of a church. And they would literally wall the anchorite in. That's why they were called anchorites. They were anchored and couldn't get out. And so they literally had no way in or no way out. They would, they would build the, the enclosure around them and they would live in the enclosure. And somebody would come and you know change the slop bucket every day would bring them a little bit of food and they typically lived in there with just a bed and maybe a table and a chair and they spent all their time praying, but they tended to be visionary healer kind of mystic type people. Well, these, these anchorites were known throughout uh, medieval England and also throughout other parts of Europe, but I'm, I'm speaking specifically of the British context. And so there would be anchorites in these towns and they were everywhere. And so John Wesley the Anglican preacher who became the founder of Methodism, he would come riding into town and he would say, where is the church where the anchorite lives? And he would go and speak with the anchorite and the anchorite would say in so many words, I've been waiting for you. The Lord showed me three days ago, you would come. Your name is John. You're to go you know, out of town down this lane. And when you get two miles out of town, you'll find a farmer's field and in it is a large apple tree preach under the apple tree and the people will come and thousands will be saved. And so John Wesley sought out that prophetic counsel to know where to preach, to find the maximum anointing. Today we would say, where's the portal? And, uh, and with that, it accelerated and fueled the Wesleyan awakening of England. Now that's, that's in the 1700s. Now oh, here's the qualifier. I'm in a doctoral program right now. And I have looked high and low with three of the best Wesleyan scholars in the United States. And we can't find the reference but I remember reading it years ago, and I don't know why we can't find it. We've looked in all of Wesley's works. 
So somebody else found it. So I don't know. Anyway, that's probably not something the Methodists want tied. <laughs> Maybe not. It yeah. kind of blows up where they're at right now. To, it to does say blow their, up where their, they're at. Their founder sought out the prophetic word. That that reminds me of, and maybe you'll remember the name because it slips my mind right now. Somebody will tell me. But uh, the 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 great, uh, you know, doesn't matter what denomination you're in. You're you're in a cessationist denomination that doesn't believe in the gifts. You probably in theological school in seminary had to read uh, "Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God." Right. I can't remember his name all of a sudden. Jonathan Somebody, Edwards. Yeah. Edwards. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Jonathan Edwards. So you had to read sinners in the hands of an angry God. In fact, you can go to almost any Baptist or Presbyterian or any of them. And they know that they had to read it at seminary. That was a, that was a required sermon to read sinners in the hands of an angry God. The problem is, is that if you get outside that one single, uh, uh, sermon that he spoke about, you'll realize that the reason why he spoke about that particular sermon, Sinners in the Hands of the Regular God, is because he was speaking to one town in particular who refused to accept the revival and yep. ignored the power of God that was showing up. In fact, in his other writings, he talks about people falling down and convulsing on the floor. His word was convulsing. They would convulse and seize on the floor as I preached, except right. he went to the one town and they were stoic. The one right. town was stoic. They did not repent and they had no reaction to his words. So he wrote sinners in the hands of an angry God because there was no outward expression and outpouring of a manifestation of the Holy Spirit's power. And yet every denomination, you, you read one thing of Edwards and they'll ignore the rest where he says people were shaking on the ground violently like crazy people. Right. And it's like the power of God was with Edwards too. This is this is not new. God showing up in power is not new. That's correct. It, it's been in every generation. We just somehow went to sleep and forgot about it. Well, there's been a lot of reasons for that. Um, we've talked about some of them. Uh, but yeah, the, the bottom line is, you know, people tend to have short memories. This is this is actually why the study of history is not a bad thing. I mean, it can be dry and boring if done the wrong way, but but history helps us bear in mind all that has happened. And you know, we have, if you count the Jewish side of things, we have a four thousand year history to our faith. People talk about, well, I love Hinduism because you know it's ancient and it has a five thousand year history. And I'm like, listen, you know, we're just about there. And uh, and and people don't realize the the grand story of God played out through the ages um, with the moving of His Spirit upon people, upon whole families, whole nations, and the you know the raising of whether it be denominations or revivalist movements, whatever it may be, uh, you know the the story goes on and the river is still running. I mean, I love this line that comes out of Ecclesiastes: "All rivers run to the sea." and yet the sea is not full. All rivers run to the sea, and yet the sea is not full. Well, what are those rivers? They are the tributaries and the streams. They, you know, Some may be Catholic, some may be Orthodox, some may be Protestant, some may be Pentecostal, and yet the river keeps flowing, as we've been discussing, and the rivers are flowing, and they are gathering steam. They are gathering momentum. They are carrying away, and yet there is this thing called the hydrological cycle, and so as the sun rises on the ocean, you know, mist comes up, it forms the clouds and more water comes down. And in this running to the sea, the rivers are flowing, they are flowing, they are flowing, and the harvest is gaining momentum and more and more people are being gathered in. 
And as that happens, one day the sea will be full. Amen. And that will be the time when Jesus returns. Amen. Because the nations will have been harvested. Come on. That's a good word right there. Amen. Hallelujah. If you're just joining us, man, you've been missing a, a really great buildup of what God is doing. And, and while we've heard the history of what God is doing, I think we're going to see the future because we're about to see God show up for some of you guys. Some of you guys need healing now. You need outpouring right now. This is not just something that we learn about and we don't experience now. Here's the cool thing. It's still happening right now. Now And there are people on your Facebook page that right now that are on your profile that need to see that God is still moving, active, breathing, healing, that it's not just for history. It's not a history lesson. It is just a faith building moment for you to realize what God did before he'll do again. The same God of yesterday is the God of today. Okay. And he's going to do it now. And I believe some of you guys need to start messaging what your prayer requests are, what you need to have happen in your body and let God do do through uh, this broadcast what he has been doing for generation after generation after generation. You are not waiting for a Azusa Street moment where God decides, I'll show up in this generation heal, and then I'm going to disappear and go on vacation for 100 years. He has never left. And I think that uh, Ken has so well highlighted that tonight, that God has just continued to use the vessels of his children to continue to do this. We read about the great revivals and and there, this happened then, then this happened way later, and then this happened way later. And I think he spelled it out so clear tonight that there hasn't been gaps in God's movements. That's and correct. That, and I just think people needed to know that. I think that was a faith building moment for them that just lets them know that God is moving. And, and I know, I, I mean, they're just loving this. I, I'm, we're just getting so many comments from people having that. Dana's got some digestive. Is it okay? If you want to go a different direction, that's okay. We can pray for people at any time. But I just feel like all this is building to a faith moment to see some people get radically healed and touched tonight. Yeah. And we're, we're on your time. You, you're in charge. So you know, I'll leave it to you. But. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just going to say, you know, there are, there are these times where we see what I might call a momentary pause. Yeah. It, but in divine time, it, it is literally a moment. It might be a, a few years at most. But, you know, I, I think about the vineyard movement and I was, you know, very involved in the vineyard in its earlier years. I'm still involved with the vineyard now. Um, I still have ordination through a vineyard church, but I don't have as much visibility in the vineyard. And you know, a new generation is rising. I have favor with a lot of the leaders, but, um, you know, these, this, these things happen. Um, but when you think about the vineyard, out of the vineyard came something else called Toronto. And, you know, Randy Clark was at one time on the board of the vineyard, and Randy tells the story sometimes. Uh, he doesn't say it all the time. But he tells the story sometimes of how John Wimber put him on the board, and Randy was like, why am I on the board, John? I have this rinky-dink little church, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not even that good of a preacher. And John said, I'm not putting you on the board because of what you've done. I'm putting you on the board because of what God has told me you're going to do. Mm. And then Randy famously goes to Toronto and the Toronto blessing or the Toronto outpouring begins. And that was 1994. And, uh, and so, you know, the two run side by side for a period. And then Toronto and Vineyard part ways. Um, unfortunately, that's not the best of stories. But anyway, that's what happened. And so, um, you know, Toronto now carries the ball for a while. And since then, we've had some other outpourings. Uh, Toronto was strong for, a, a, you know, quite a while. 
Um, but then we have Brownsville and Lakeland. So we get a couple of other moves of God. And, you know, I would say right now, um, probably the lead carrier of the, of the revival, at least on that side of the stream, um, is probably Bethel Church in Redding, California. But there are certainly other centers of excellence, or if you prefer the language of J.R.R. Tolkien, uh, you know, other, other kingdoms that are in alliance against the Dark Lord. <laughs> so just as in Tolkien's story, we have Rohan, which is... Well, I got my kind of sword a, right behind me, so... Exactly. I got... Arizona I saw it when, right we, when we first got on. <laughs> so we've got Rohan, which is in affiliation with Gondor. But, you know, north of Rohan, we, a little bit, we've got Lorien, which is ruled by the elven queen uh, Galadriel and her husband Celeborn. And then, you know, a bit north of that, we get to Rivendell with Elrond. Some of these are elven, some of them are men's kingdoms we've got the wood elves of mirth of mirkwood uh they're they're not the high elves of the west which galadriel and elrond represent but nevertheless they're they're good folk and we've got folks of the shire which is a whole different race if you will a whole different stream but what happens in the war of the ring they come into they come together aligned against sauron the dark lord that evil that evil world spirit that could never be fully destroyed at the end of the second age you know, he was defeated uh, by the armies of the West, but after many years, he took shape yet again. We see something like that in the now. And so there are other centers of excellence. It, it's not just about Bethel. It's not just about uh, Toronto. It's not just about Lakeland or Brownsville. Yeah. We could name, you know, we could name Morningstar with Rick Joyner. We could name Rick, uh, Rick uh, sorry, uh, Mike Bickle in Kansas City. Yeah. Um, you know, there are plenty of others. Chuck Pierce down in Dallas. I'm not meaning to leave anybody out. I'm just giving examples here. But, you know, there are these places and we're, we're in league together. Some of our practices and our emphases may be a little different. Some of us worship maybe a little more jazzy, a little more modern. Some like still like organ music and piano, some like acoustic guitars. But Benny the point Hinn's is- still doing hymns, yeah. Yeah, but we're all in this together. All rivers run to the sea. Amen. And the sea is not full. I believe there's a convergence happening. I believe there's a coming together of all those pieces, just like the what you said with Token. You know, you have a fellowship of the ring. You know, my church is Freedom Fellowship. You have a fellowship coming together where these different streams are beginning to converge, and you're seeing different houses. I mean, I've had I've had Chuck Pierce's house on this broadcast, as well as Randy's house and yep. other houses. Everybody has converged right here. <clears throat> you know, I had Clay Nash from Chuck Pierce's house just this last week on and so you know we're seeing this convergence of 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 streams and i believe that's what's what's going to happen i've actually released that on this broadcast a month and a half ago where i said there's going to be a new revival but it's not going to be a brownsville it's not going to be a toronto blessing it's going to happen everywhere all of these houses are going to catch fire and they're going to spread and join to each other like a nuclear strike going off all over the united states and all over the world actually it's going to hit it once and it's going to come together and that's why when you talk to every one of these houses and you ask them, what do you think God's going to do? Randy will tell you the great revival is starting in, in Pennsylvania, which is why he moved there. Benny <laughs> Hinn thinks it's happening in Canada. Uh, Bill Johnson <laughs> thinks it's happening in Reading, right? Chuck Pierce thinks it's happening in Dallas. <laughs> All of them do that. Have you ever known any of these men to be wrong? Not, not on big things. They don't miss it. And yeah. so I asked the Lord that, which one of these guys is right? And he said, yes. They all are. Yeah. They're all right. It's hitting it once. They're all right. They're all strategically positioned to be in a, in a central location. So when it happens, the fallout will reach each other. 
So you're going to so, have major cities just spilling into the other one. So you're going to so have revival about, happen everywhere. About 10 years ago, I started going heavily to Australia and I, I felt like the Lord had given me a, a commission to go there. And it was kind of, I, I didn't really understand it. I was just following what I thought I'd heard. Um, and you know how that is. Sometimes you're not even sure you're right. You just kind of try it out and hope for the best. Um, but anyway, I started going to Australia really heavily. So let's say it was about 10 years ago. And uh, I'd gone on and off going way back into the 90s with John Wimber. And so I already had some equity in the country, but I hadn't really gone in a while. And I'd, I, you know, I'd kind of let it lie fallow. But during an earlier time, I'd gone quite a bit and had had favor in that land. And I knew it was just one of those locations on the earth where for me, Australia was a, was a place where I would expect that God would really move with great power. And I began asking the Lord, why is, why is it that you are doing this? And, you know, he drew me to several prophetic words, uh, the first of which came from a man named uh, Pedro Fernando de Quiros, and he was a Portuguese sea captain. And in the 1600s, he had sailed all through uh, what today we would call the New Hebrides, and he had landed at Vanuatu, and on, uh, I can't remember, I want to say maybe, actually, now that I'm saying it, this is crazy. I think it was the 8th of May or the 11th of May, wow, 1608. So we're right on the drop point of uh, De Quiros's prophecy. In 1608, he said, I, I, I summon heaven and earth as witness this day, that all of these lands that I have set foot upon or henceforth will set foot upon from here as far south as the pole, meaning Antarctica, are henceforth to be known as the great southland of the Holy Spirit. Wow. Now, the interesting thing about the Quiros was even though he was a sea captain, he was a prophetic man and he was Catholic. But unlike so many of you know sea captains in those days, he didn't beat his men. He didn't keel haul them. He was a, he was a compassionate. I mean, he. He had a job to do, so he was, I think, probably stern and kept his men in line, but he didn't, he didn't brutalize them. Um, and so he gave this prophetic word. Well, that was 400 years ago, and I'd say that word has mostly lain fallow. There have been some moves of God in, along the way, including a great outpouring in the 1800s that became known as the 1885 revival, and it ran for 30 years. And you know what uh, caused it to snuff out? The First World War which started in 1914. But during that time, there were more than 100,000 prayer groups across all of Australia that were started. And this was in a time when the population of Australia might have been four or five million people. Wow. So that's like one group for every 40 or 50 people. And, and it was led by two Methodist women. Um, but, but even that wasn't the fulfillment. So then, uh, in, back to William Seymour, in 1908, at the height of the Azusa Street Revival, remember I said it started in 06, it ended in 09, so it was right at its, what we would say, its, uh, its apogee before it started to you know, drop off. In 1908, at its apogee, uh, William Seymour was preaching one night and he said, I declare that the outpouring you've seen here will be surpassed about 100 years from now by an outpouring in Australia. And it will go around the country, and from there it will go to the rest of the world. And the wow. same time that he was saying that, Charles Parham, at the same hour in Washington, D.C., 
said the exact same thing. Now, remember, Parham had been his Bible school teacher in Topeka, Kansas, but in 1908, no one had cell phones, no one had telephones. I mean, it was telegraph right. and that was it. So you couldn't have coordinated that, but in the same hour, they said the same word about the nation of Australia. And then in 1923, Smith Wigglesworth closed out his healing crusade in Sydney, and he said, about 100 years from now, well, what's about 100 years from 1923? It's about right now. There will come an even greater outpouring of the Spirit, and it will begin southwest of where I'm standing, and it will go around the country to Asia and from there to the world. Well, the hottest hotspot in the world right now for Christian expansion is Asia. Yeah. And so that word is coming to pass right now. And Australia, and I've, I've preached to this nation many times, and I've told them, you know, guys, the rest of the world is waiting on you to pick up what God has commissioned you with over the words. And there's been others, but these three big ones, uh, you know, over these centuries, this is your hour, Australia, rise up and, and, you know, seize the moment. Well, the thing that was interesting was in, in 2010 and 11, I was preaching out there and we were seeing awakening from coast to coast. You know, we'd go to somewhere and one night there'd be whatever, a smaller number, whatever the number would be. And the next night we might have five to 10 times as much and the next night yet more. And the spirit of God was falling and people were being healed and saved and delivered of evil spirits. And I mean, it was epic and it was going across the country. But one of the things I learned, and this is why I told you all that backstory, is that there started to be an interconnection among the churches that were in this town versus that town. And this one, you know, a thousand kilometers away, maybe someone would have come from that town and they'd come to this meeting here, then they'd carry it back and it would break out there. And now those churches would be interconnected because there's only six cities of any real size, maybe seven in the whole of Australia. You've got Perth, you've got Adelaide, you've got Melbourne, Canberra, Sydney, Newcastle, and Brisbane. That's it. Um, The rest of them are much smaller and you know, they're, I mean, some of these towns are 300 people or a thousand people. And I've had people say, why do you go into these little tiny cow towns? And I say, because John Wesley preached his revival that way. If it worked for him, maybe it'll work for me. But what I learned was that this big interconnected net began to build. And then when the fire touched down, it was like, it just went across the whole country. And I'd actually learned this years before in mathematics And then when I'd been a telecommunications executive, the power of a network is in the nodes. The more nodes in a network, the more power it has to propagate, to self-repair, and to spread. And so what you just described, what I just described in the United States with these centers of excellence, whether it's Chuck Pierce or Kansas City or Redding or, you know, Rick Joyner in, you know, South Carolina or wherever. And again, I'm not trying to exclude anyone. I'm just giving some names here, but they're all interconnected. Yeah, And the power of network is in the nodes. And when God lights the network, something's just going to go off. Come on. The infrastructure is laid. We're right there at the point of detonation or ignition, if you like. Amen. Yeah, that's really good. So get ready for detonation. Yeah. If you guys are ready to see something happen, come on. That's, so, that's just a good word. Yeah. Well, that's the way that's the way it goes. And like I said, I saw a nationwide revival building and expanding. And I mean, it was it was going exponential. And uh, unfortunately, uh, the religious spirit cropped up. And in a lot of places, some people wanted to clamp down on it. And 
So I'm not sure where we've gone. But anyway, it it was good while it was. I'll just say that. I I saw this and I I, uh, prophesied this the other day and we'll see if I'm right about it or not. You know, and I'm okay. I I don't my label is not profit Ren Shuffman. So but I prophesied this anyways. And I said this. I said, I believe that after this covid thing passes, we're going to see a shakeup of the church. We're going to see an outpouring. But what we're going to see is a lot of the religious institutions, just like I talked about with Jehoshaphat, where he removed the old priests. You're going to see a lot of religious institutions. They're going to close their door. People are not going to come back to church. They got used to staying at home. You're just going to see churches fold. You're not going to see the church diminish. You're not going to see numbers diminish. You're going to see buildings fold. And you're going to see some of the old establishment removed. And you're going to see a new wave of of, uh, breath of fresh air start to flow in the Holy Spirit. So you're going to see a lot of those that are operating in signs and wonders begin to gain momentum. And a lot of the old religious establishments going to be removed. So look for that as there's just a a renewing of the churches. Um, And so, you know, we're going to have a lot of old churches up for sale. Like it's just, that's what's going to happen right now. Uh, They're not going to be able to survive this season. And they're not in to, And that's a part of this renewing and revival that will happen. The old ones that will not shift their thinking have to be removed in order to make way for the new thing the Lord is doing. That, that's what always has to happen. God always uh, raises up new wineskins. Right. Yeah. New wine. That's exactly what I was about to say. New yeah. wineskins, right? Because we can't have them all burst. So that's what's going to happen. So get, get ready for that. So some of you guys, if you're involved in religious institutions that, you know, have just been holding on and holding on and holding on, don't, don't get upset. Don't, don't be dismayed. If those religious institutions say we're folding, we're closing, that's it, we're done. That That is not a sign that it, that the church is in trouble. It's a sign that the church is being renewed. It's shedding its old skin. It's, it's growing new skin. There has to be a shedding of old broken cells for new cells to form. That's how our bodies repair themselves. When you get bad cells that are broken and not efficient, the body removes those cells and new cells are formed and take its place. So we're going to see that happen. Just, just know when you see see it. I said it. Don't be dismayed by it. There's still hope. Uh, I just believe that's what's going to happen. So, and then we're going to see the breakout of the Holy spirit. That's what's going to be there. Fresh, new, young faces, you know, not, not, uh, when I say young, I don't mean of age, I mean of spirit. And so we're going to see a, a great outpouring and, and we're seeing it on these broadcasts. This, this is a new model for the church. You know, how many people I've seen now all of a sudden start to embrace this global started doing this. We were competing tonight with Randy Clark. He started doing miracle Monday. I've been doing it since February. So now they're doing miracle Monday. You know, I've had Dr. Mike on here and I cornered him. You know, I, I gave him a hard time. I told him, I said, Oh, okay. So I bring you on my show. You're amazed at, at, at we're seeing healings and stuff happen here. And then all of a sudden global starts doing it. And he goes, yeah, yeah, we got the idea from you. And I said, oh, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't trying to get credit. I was just giving you a hard time. <laughs> but you know, but now all of a sudden, other people are seeing that God will not be held back by distance. Just because yeah. you and I are apart doesn't mean the Holy Spirit is moving any less. And so there's a new model. There's something fresh. And the old religious way of doing things, you know, God says, "Behold, I do a new thing." And the old religious ways of doing things are taking a back seat to people saying, "Look." I'm just looking for children to be obedient. So I'm giving them a new task, a new order, a new a new command, and I'm asking if they'll do it. Will you get on the airways? Will you get on a broadcast? Are you uncomfortable with it? Do it anyways, right? You know, he's, he's asking us to do a new thing. And so you're seeing something new birthed. And I'm not saying this is the new platform. It's just one of the mediums that's a shift in our culture. It's a shift in normal. 
and we're going to somewhere abnormal. And so we're seeing God heal people, set them free, prophetic words, just crazy. In fact, when I first started doing this, I was hesitant to invite a prophet on because I'm like, ah, can they really prophesy over the internet? Just seeing a name. Like, I don't know if that'll work. It's been unreal. How many people have received life-changing words on this broadcast? Just completely unreal. So God is doing a new thing. And now we know the history that God has always started something new. And Ken has, uh, 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 Pastor Ken has showed us that so, so wonderfully tonight. That's just amazing. I love it. It's definitely uh, an interesting thing. And, you know, I remember last year, I want to say it was early in 2019, but you know how these things go. You catch something and you remember it, but you don't always remember exactly when you heard it. But I remember specifically Cindy Jacobs talking about how, and for those who don't know her, she's a very well-known female prophetess based in the Dallas area. I think she just prophesied over Trump today. That might be. Pretty sure she was at the White House today prophesying over Trump. She does a lot of prophesying over governmental leaders. She's She's legit. Um, anyway, how how did you know about that? Because that wouldn't have been on the public, uh, the press corps. They wouldn't have. No, she did that. it. She did it in the garden. Really? She was saying a prayer, and then she turned and prophesied over Trump at the end of her prayer. Wow, that's crazy. What I did just you say? Saw the, I, I can't remember all of it, but I remember the prophecy. I, I think it was today, because I saw someone post it and say she did it today. It could have been an older video, but I think it was today. Uh, and I'm, I'm bound to be corrected, but... Um, she said something about him being like David, um, and that, uh, when David was chased out of his kingdom, you know, that all of a sudden he found himself fleeing and running, you know, everything had gone right. Everything went right. Everything went right. Everything went right. And then all of a sudden he's being chased out of his kingdom. It was just one moment of a huge loss. And then after that, the Lord brought, oh, it said, said this to him, uh, that's what it was. Everything went right for David, everything over and over and over and over again. And then all of a sudden there was that moment. I can't remember the town's name, but he showed up and they had ransacked his town, stolen the wives, uh, took every, it starts with an X Zenith or I can't, I can't think of it off the top of my head, but, uh, you know, and, and it was so much so that David's men wanted to kill him over it. It was at Mm -hmm. one time they were thinking about not following him. And, uh, at that very moment, you know, they had all turned and he rallies them all. And the Lord says, go and pursue them. That's what she said to Trump. The Lord said, like, David, go and pursue them, and I will surely give you back everything they've taken. And he said, President Trump, this is a time for you and our nation to go and pursue and charge forward, and we will get back everything that this virus, everything that has been taken from us, and you will lead us to victory. Wow. And we'll receive everything back. That's what she said. And it was like, and she goes, that is the word for you today, President Trump. And it was like, whoa, that's good. So we're going to go pursue, go and pursue it. Wow, far out. Well, so what I was going to say about Cindy is last year, whenever I heard her say it, and again, I couldn't tell you when exactly it was, but it was last year. And she said the Lord had given her a word about how we were going to start using the internet and digital media uh, to expand the preaching of the gospel in many different directions. And I'm paraphrasing, not quoting. But um, anyway, that was the... The gist of it. But, you know, we know in part and we prophesy in part and, you know, who could have known that we would run into something called COVID that would essentially force it to happen. And, you know, COVID had the effect of like, you know, if you have a grease fire and you try pouring water on it, (laughs) it just goes everywhere. Um, COVID had that effect. So I think people were starting to sniff around and work with digital media and, you know, different people had different sentiments about it. And, you know, maybe it'll work, maybe it won't. But 
man, here we are. It's all we got right now. In Oklahoma, I guess you can gather, but in California, we're still locked down here. I mean, they're they're talking about partial reopenings and stuff, but oh, I think have, it's going to be a long, slow, painful process. You have churches process. rebelling. You have churches right now uh, saying they're opening on the 31st against government orders. Some people are saying that was Paula White that prophesied today over the president, but I'm almost sure it was Cindy Jacobs. So I, I'm almost sure it was her. I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but I'm almost sure it was her. Anyways, it was a good prophecy over our president it needed to be said. So... uh uh, just take that. But yeah, you have, you, you guys are in full lockdown. We're totally open. Like our restrictions are almost completely lifted now. Even social distancing is just recommended now after this week. So, you know, but California is under a serious, you know, lockdown. You guys are still dealing with that pretty, pretty severely. Um, yeah. New York, California. I mean, I think California, Oregon and Washington will all open together at the same time. Um, Illinois is pretty well locked down and, right. you know, you can't escape noticing that all of these states have a very strong blue cast to them. And generally speaking, uh, I just messaged Cindy Jacobs just this moment and asked her if she prophesied over Trump. <laughs> so we're going to find out if it was her. <laughs> Thank so you. She already, she already replied and she said it was on a prayer call. I was praying for him. Ah, okay. All right. So maybe it was go. Paula that I saw in yeah. the garden, but she did prophesy over him. Okay. Well, Paula so, White and Donald Trump have a very close relationship. Okay. So it might've been Paula. I stand corrected. Yeah. And if but you've ever seen Paula White, man, that woman is dynamic. She's yeah. watch out. Someone anyway. labeled the video I saw wrong because it definitely said Cindy Jacobs. I'm looking at it in my mind. So yeah. that's all right. That's okay. So uh, that's great. I'm glad you could just message Cindy Jacobs for us and clear <laughs> that up. Yeah, well, so there. We solved it, and we don't have to fact check anything. <laughs> Straight from the horse's mouth. Um, so the the bottom line here is uh, that, you know, some states are opening and some are more reluctant to do so. Um, but I love – I love, you know, never mind whether you like Trump or don't like Trump. I, what I love is that God is a God who's in the business of restoration, that God wants to bring back, well, goodness and fatness to us, that he doesn't, he doesn't actually want to take that away from us. I think a lot of Amen. people live in this place where they have this dour, dark opinion of the Lord. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, we we have a good opinion here of the Lord, and we have a good opinion of what God does in our lives here. Uh, he is not that much of a mystery. He's always a mystery, but uh, uh, we see God's goodness here every single night. And so, hey, uh, if you guys have a prayer request, go ahead and message us. Our prayer team's been praying with you guys the whole night. If you haven't noticed, we have our prayer team. They've been praying every time you post a testimony. But I want you know I want to make sure that we pray for a few of you tonight and see see some of this fruition happen tonight. So if you have a prayer request, go ahead and message it. We'll lean into it. We'll pray for you for a couple of minutes. You know, we just want to see God do some things. Some people are going to get healed tonight. I believe that. I believe even as we were talking, there was just an impartation. We were talking about all these people that led up to other people. Uh, even as we're talking, there's something that in the atmosphere, just stirring that's being released on you. And you don't even realize you're catching it, but you're mm -hmm. catching it as you're in the presence, right? And you're just pressing in and you're going, wow. And you're learning the history of it. It's getting on you. I, I promise half of impartation is just knowing it's available to you. Uh, there are some things in my faith walk that once I knew it was available, it became manifested. It just showed up because I believed it was possible. And that was just getting over that milestone of, of believing what was possible. You know, I, I have become a much better prophet in the last two months 
than I have in the last 20 years, just simply having profits on this show, especially like Chris Reed, who we're going to have on tomorrow. I don't know if you're familiar with Chris Reed yet. You will know Chris, everyone will know Chris Reed soon, but the guy has the most accurate words of knowledge that I've ever heard anywhere, ever history or not. Just, I mean, the, I, he was literally on a broadcast yesterday, he sent me the little clip just to show me, he goes, check this out. That This mother had 19 siblings and he named all 19 siblings and their spouses. Come on. Every single one. And they were like Mildreds and, 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 and Merles and like weird, you know, the old namies. And, uh, and he named every single one of them. And, and, and the, and the guy he was interviewing said, you're going in order. Like he just went in order, age order. And it was insane. And he just does that. And it wasn't once he does it every night when he's on here on Tuesdays, every single time, just, you know, I've heard him prophesy 200 times. He's gotten half a detail wrong twice, like just incredible. The amount of prophecy. When I heard him, I realized I now see what's available to me. Right. I see what's available to me. I can no longer live going, look how prophetic I am when I see what's available. And when I saw that, I just believed there was more available to me. And so my prophetic voice just increased. It wasn't because I, I stopped, you know, I spent an extra hour in intimacy with the Lord, or I read five more scriptures You know, I didn't do any of that in order to increase it. I just simply believed more was available. So if you'll just believe more is available, more will become available to you. God is just looking for you to line up your faith with his word. And that's what's called obedience. He says it, you'll do it. And so if you believe what he says, you'll walk in it. And that's right. powerful for you. Hallelujah. Charmaine says, please pray for my healing for, oh, oh, right here. Pray for God would open my ears. We've, we, we had one broadcast where <coughs> five deaf ears opened up on the same broadcast, totally deaf, five Praise different God. people, all of their ears opened up. So we believe definitely for you, Virgie. Do you want to, you want to lean into that? If you want me to pray, I'll pray. You pray. However you want to, you want to play that. I'll pray for you, Virgie. I'm going to put my uh, finger on your picture, which is on my Come screen. On. Uh, and I'm going to put my finger on your forehead. Uh, as though I were laying hands on you. You know, Amen. back in the old days when Oral Roberts and people would be on TV, they'd say, reach out your hand and touch my hand on the screen. Amen. So, uh, you know, it's just all it is is the touch point of faith. But, Father, we just ask for Virgie now you, uh, that, you would, that you would touch her. And, Lord, we thank you that she's reached out in faith, just like the woman who had the issue of blood. And in the name of Jesus, we just speak to these ears, and we command you, come open now. Just be opened and receive the power of the Lord. And Lord, that which is wrong in the, in the bone structure in the ear, these little tiny bones that are in the ear, you, there's something there that I don't know if it's like an ossification that keeps them from moving as they should. But that that's upon these bones, I just speak to that. And I command you to receive natural mm. lubrication from the body that you would be able to function and that these, I'm going to say frozen joints of small bone to small bone would come loose, that you would be able to hear. Virgie, can you just give us a thumbs up? Is, do you have a problem with the bone structures in your ears? I think it's worse on the one side than the other, if I've got this right. Yeah. Let us know if it, usually about a 20 second delay before they can respond. Okay. So she'll get back to us if we want to pray for her. All right. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And if you have more healing requests, just go ahead and message us. Send well, us I, some I've, stars. you know, I've had a word that I've been sitting on the whole time we've been talking. Yeah. Really. So, um, you know, sometimes when I call people out by name, Sean Boltz likes to say that God will give him just something a slightly bit off and to keep him humble. So, um, there are, there are times when I get, 
the first part of a name, and I, I don't always get the, the full back end of it, but it's, it's close enough that people recognize it for what it is. And I think there's been a woman with us on this broadcast, and your name is something like Janie or Julie. It's clearly a J name of like five letters long. And so I'm saying Janie or Julie, and you've got a problem in your left jaw. So here, um, and, and it seems to me that there's some sort of, it, it may be decay in the bone or some kind of a root that uh, possibly you need a, some sort of a filling or something, but it goes into the jaw. So it's deep enough in the tooth, if it's a tooth problem, that it's actually affecting the bone structure and you have pain with it and you've been carrying it around and you've, you've not known what to do because you know it's going to be expensive to go and get that something like that fixed. And I believe the Lord wants to heal you right now. So in the name of Jesus, whatever you, Mrs. J, <laughs> Janie, Julie, whatever your name is there, I just speak to that in the name of Jesus and I command the pain to go and I command the infection in the bone to die in the name of Jesus. Let the power of God come down over your jaw, receive the healing of the Lord and let it be natural in Jesus name. Jesus name. Amen. Let it be natural in Jesus name. Amen. And Vergie, please, if you could comment and let us know what the problem in your ear is, if it's those little bones, we, I, if, if you did comment, we missed it, but uh, go ahead and re-comment there. And we, we definitely got some other prayer requests coming in real quick that we can pray for uh, prayers for healing in my neck and my back. Uh, there's just quite a few of those, and I'm sure there's a bunch of those. So as we pray for her, do me a favor. If, if you need healing in your neck or back, if that's for you as well, just put your hands out and receive it for you at the same time. So take grab hold of that prayer and claim it for yourself as well. Yeah, and and I and I specifically want to give some words before we pray for necks and backs. Go for it. Go for it. Um, there's someone here, and I got this one as soon as we got on the link tonight. There's someone here who has a problem. Now it's in the left. I don't know what it is about left tonight, but we're dealing with lefts. So um, maybe God's favoring lefties or something, but it's in the left part of your shoulder. It's not in the front. It's around to the back and it's up underneath the shoulder blade. So we all know where the shoulder blade is. It's, it's something up underneath there. And it seems like it's um, a pinched nerve of some kind. And it, it, you know, it makes it difficult for you to move. You can do it, but you don't really want to do it. And that pain in the shoulder blade, when you move in certain directions, it'll radiate right up the neck into about here on the back of the head. So it, it, it's, it's a referent pain that, that's originating out of something deep in the structure of your torso. And then there's someone else. You've got a problem in your, um, your hips. And it's, it, it's, it's dealing with the alignment of the spine and the hips. And with it, you have a pain that radiates into your hip, left side hip. And then it goes up the spine about maybe halfway, maybe even a little more than halfway. But it, it doesn't come all the way up to the neck. So there's somebody who's got that condition. I want to pray for all of the necks and backs, but I specifically want to call those out. And, and there's also somebody who's been having numbness. Now, this is a right side, but you've been having numbness in your right hand, and it radiates down your arm. And you know just by the nature of it that it's going somehow into your spine. Um, and you aren't completely numb, but you're mostly numb, and it makes it difficult for you to function. And God's going to heal your numbness tonight. Amen. If you have these conditions, don't just sit there and receive prayer. I want you to stand wherever you are. Obviously, I can't see you. You're wherever you are. 
but I want you to stand um, as it were an act of faith like we would if we were doing a large healing meeting. And for you with the right arm, stretch it out. Um, for, the, for the woman uh, who has the shoulder blade situation that goes into the head, um, I want you, if you can, to with your other hand, just kind of lay hands on your shoulder like that. Yes, Lord. And uh, for this other thing with the hips, as you stand, put your hands on your hips, both sides, lay hands on your hips, or, you know, kind of like you would stand if you were chiding your children. And then we're going to pray for all the necks and backs. So, Father, in Jesus' name, mm. I just thank you that the word says that you give strength to our bones. And so, Lord, we are now speaking wow. into skeletal conditions, things yes. that are out of alignment. And, uh, yes, and Lord, Lord, your word says that we should even strengthen the weak knees. Yes, and uh, with that, we should lift up holy hands in prayer. And so, Father, I ask now for the release of your spirit and your power across this webcast to those who are in need. Shoulder blade issue. Judith Nadine Weaver. All right. We just bless you with healing in your shoulder blade. And may that healing touch right into the center of your shoulder blade, up underneath where even a good masseuse would have trouble getting to it. Yes, and may that pinched right nerve and that tension that's there, may it be unleashed. And that thing that radiates up your neck into your head that's, that's actually giving you a secondary headache, may that all be abolished in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you so much for this. And Lord, for those that are having difficulty down their legs and knees too, I just pray that you would release sciatic pain. I pray yes. that you would release pain in the ankles. I pray that you would release plantar fasciitis. I pray that you would release all of these problems in the, in the mobility. Lord, you want your people healthy. And so we just pray for release. A Josie, whoever you are out there, there's a Josie and you've got a problem. It goes down your right leg. Um, I can see it going down your thigh all the way to your foot. Josie, receive the power of the Lord. The Lord's calling you out by name. What is it? We're on special for Jays tonight, right? Right. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> anyway, uh, so Josie, receive that and be healed in Jesus' name. Wow. Joey, you hurt your neck at work. There's another J. You hurt your neck at work. You work in some kind of a warehouse or a loading facility, and you did something when you were lifting and turning, and you torqued your neck. Let the Spirit of the Lord come on your neck right now come and on. be healed, Joey. Thank you, Jesus. It's not just for the ladies, it's for the men tonight. Come too. on. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. Ladies night. Yeah. That's right. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Come on. And just receive that healing. And even if, if he didn't call you out by name, just receive that healing. Just put your hands out, stand, you know, just claim that healing in the name That's of Jesus. Right. Amen. And then respond to us and let us know if something is happening in your body. Try out your injury and let us know if, if there's a decrease in your pain. You know, it doesn't have to be 100% for you to let us know something's happening. Hey, it could go from a 10 to a 7 to a 6 or something. Say, hey, something's happened. It doesn't seem to hurt as bad. So we know and we can lean in and pray a little more for you. Uh, like we're, we're believing for healing tonight. We're chasing after healing. We've heard about generation after generation of God just sending his healing spirit into the world. And so we just, we're just believing that for you tonight, that this is your moment to be a part of the history of God moving. Hallelujah. So just touch them, Lord, just heal them in the name of Jesus. We're, we're, we have, you know, the, the, the one terrible thing about these broadcasts is the 20 second delay or so when we right. say something to where you're here. Okay, finally, whoop, there it is. Finally. Yes. One ear is worse. And doctors did say something about the bones. Hallelujah. Come on. Someone let their faith rise up. There it is. Took Got a while, that. but there how it is. is it now? Can she hear better now? Yeah. Virgin, check your you ears. Yeah. Father, open up in the name of Jesus. Those five years tonight will be number six. Right now in the name of Jesus, let your ears be whole. Hear what we're saying. 
right now as I'm speaking and we're asking about your ears, you can hear what we're saying. Cover the good ear. You'll be able to hear with the bad ear. Right now in the name of Jesus, you'll hear everything. I break off every assignment, every spirit of an infirmity, spirit of deafness, go in the name of Jesus. Hear every word Pastor Ken and I are saying tonight in the name of Jesus. Yeah, Thank amen. You, Jesus. Woo. Yeah. Glory. Now there was a Liana who came up on the screen and she was asking for ringing in her ears. You know, yes. there are a lot of people who really struggle with what's called medically tinnitus or in the British countries, tinnitus, uh, but same condition. And, you know, one of the things that can bring that about, there, there are other causes too, but one of the things that can bring about tinnitus or tinnitus is um, when people have unexpectedly in their life received news that, that they didn't want. This is bad news, not good news. And, um, you know, the, the scriptural, I would say, indicator for this, I don't think we want to hang a whole doctrine on this, but the scriptural indicator is, uh, you might remember when Eli, the priest, was uh, running the temple or the tabernacle, excuse me, at Shiloh. Shiloh is the way you say it in Hebrew. And uh, Samuel, Shemuel, with the prophet, was not yet a prophet, but he was uh, working there for Eli. And, um, and the Lord comes to Shemuel and he gives him a word for Eli. And the word says... Uh, that I'm about to make the ears of everyone in Israel who hears this news tingle. Amen. For I will in one day pluck out Eli from the priesthood, and in the same day his two sons will die. I will end the high priestly line, and I will re-inaugurate a new high priestly line because they have defiled my temple, my tabernacle. They have defiled my word. Okay, we're getting some... Uh, my shoulder is better. My neck is not emanating pain. This accident was from August of 2011. Nine, nine years of pain gone. Char Praise Charmaine, God. Charmaine, we had her up there a second ago. She went from a six to a three. So Charmaine, Praise in the God. name of Jesus, finished work yeah. right now. Pain Amen. go to zero. Receive the fullness of your healing, Charmaine. Hallelujah. She's been on here a bunch, so you're ready to receive your healing right now. In the name of Jesus, healing oil come all over you. The Spirit of God just relieve your pain, and it must go to zero right now. Finished Amen. work. Thank you, Jesus. We Amen. Thank that. you, Lord. Hallelujah. And finished work on, on Judith as well in the name of Jesus. You're not going to have any more problems in the name of Jesus. That's so great. In the name Praise of Jesus, God. Judith, just Beautiful. receiving it. There's other ones of you right now just receiving that. Uh, uh, so she said, okay, Virgie said it's not better yet. Come on. Open up those ears right now in the name of Jesus. Yep. Amen. Spirit of God. So, right Lord, if, if we could, we'd put our fingers in her ears just like Ernest right? Angsley used to. Yeah. Lord, we just want to, we're digitally putting our hands over the ears. Thank you, Jesus. And we yes. command the ears to respond to the healing power of the Lord. Receive the power of Jesus. And again, I speak to those bones. Receive the anointing and become lubricated so that you function. Don't be frozen with bone rust, uh, like a nut with rust. Don't be frozen in place anymore, but begin to function, respond as uh, sound waves are hitting the ears and become normal, become natural in Jesus' name. Open up in the name And especially Jesus. that left ear. Again, we're on left sides again. Yeah. We just left ear, and we command you, receiving, open, 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 in Jesus' name. Amen.
Yeah, if you're just vo joining us right now, we're seeing people get healed right now. People are actually testifying right now that they're receiving healing as we pray for them. If you're just joining us, then share out this broadcast because someone needs to see the miracles here at the end here. And you can go back and watch the rest later. But miracles are happening right now. God is healing his children. This is what he does. This is normal for us every night. But it's just amazing. And it's never going to be any less amazing to see God heal people right here live on this broadcast in the name of Jesus. We're so excited. So, and, and look, we got other people joining us, praying for people. I love it. I love the community. I love that we're not on here alone praying for people. Our prayer team prays. Other people have joined us nightly and they pray with us. Uh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And we had a couple other ones. On well, here. we were about to pray for the tinnitus. And go we for didn't it. actually yeah. get to get, it. We got, yes, yes. We got back to testimonies. Yes, go. So I just want to pray for tinnitus. So um, for those of you that have had that, and again, I don't want to hang my hat on this only, but it is, it's often the case that people who have tinnitus somewhere in their life, they had something happen and it was a, it was a shock. It was unexpected and it was not good news. Um, if you had that, I just want you to take that memory of that event and I want you to give it to the Lord. If, if you need to, hold out your hands like this and if you will, you know, put put that memory into those hands and present it to the Lord. We're going to give him whatever that was, that moment of grief, that moment of trauma, that moment of shock, yes, whatever that was, so that the ringing in your ears can be mitigated as well. And so now, Father, we ask in Jesus' name, for those that have come under this kind of thing, and again, not all have, but for those who have, Father, Jesus died for everything that, that assails us. And he himself bore in his body on the tree, not just sin, but Matthew says, by his wounds we were healed. Yes, Lord. And so, Father, we ask that the healing that was paid for on Calvary 20 centuries ago, Lord, we were talking about spiritual heritage tonight coming down from William Seymour. Let spiritual heritage from 20 centuries ago now flow down. And, and Lord, when they, when they were in the Old Testament, if they just looked at the bronze serpent. That was all it took. They just looked at the bronze serpent. They were healed. So Jesus, we turn our gaze to you. We turn our gaze to Calvary. We turn our gaze to the sacrifice that you paid for, yes, forgiveness of sin, but also for abolition of sickness. And we ask for the just the release of tinnitus upon those who have this, this problem that is so irritating and distracting. Sometimes people can't even fall asleep at night because of the buzzing, the vibrating, the, the ringing sounds. And we just say, peace be still. Peace be still. Peace be still. Ringing, bow the knee to the King of glory and be silent. Let all the earth be silent before the Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Silence. 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 Now, I have this sense, you'll have to, you know, confirm it on the chat stream, that the uh, the level has dropped, but maybe not gone completely. I might, I'm going to speculate here, venture a guess, maybe it's at about a level two at this point versus where it was, but I have a yeah, sense just, that it ought to have dropped. Just confirm whether I've got on. that right, if you would. Yeah, just, yeah, just confirm for us. Anybody that has tetanitis, uh, Anybody that's got the ringing in the ear slightly uh, or just one ear or whatever, reply to us and let us know if, if there's been any shift at all. 
you know, that's the difference. I go on, you know, I've seen broadcasts before where people will say stuff really quick and move on. They don't want the accountability, what happens after. I actually believe we're going to see a manifestation. So I'm not afraid to ask for the testimony or the, or for them to come back and say, no change. Tell me no change. I'll pray again. I just believe people are going to get healed. And, And you know what? I care about the people that are on here enough to pray again. I'm not in that much of a hurry. Amen. Uh, and, and I think that's the big difference is that God wants us to love him and love others. And a lot of times, even in ministry, we love our ministry. <laughs> we don't necessarily love the person in front of us. I love you guys. I want to see you set free. It Amen. breaks my heart when one person gets healed and the other one doesn't. So I want to, you know, I, 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 this is what I do. I, mean, I want to see people set free. Uh, hallelujah. No change yet. So Leanna said no change yet. Nothing uh, yet. Let's no, pray again. Nothing yet for her. Yeah, go for it. All right. So, Father, we just come to you again. Jesus told us that um, we should come back and ask and keep on asking and and seek and keep on seeking and knock and keep on knocking. So, Father, we're right back here again, and we're knocking again. We're just knocking on the door, and we're saying, Father, release the healing that Liana needs. Lord, you know how sometimes we have to dig deeply and uncover the roots of things that that bind these sicknesses to people, but that's hard to do on a broadcast. And you know that father, and it's hard to do when we can't really have good two way dialogue because of the nature of this broadcast. And so Lord, we ask you to go beyond the physical limitations that we face. And purely because you love Leanna, we just ask that you would touch the ringing in her ears and bring them to silence. And the, these, the, the little hairs in the cochlea of the ear that often get pressed down due to loud sounds that bring about both deafness and ringing of the ears. Lord, we ask that you would touch those little tiny hairs and make them stand up upright again so that uh, the hearing would be normal as it should be. Lord, you created Leanna's body with a divine blueprint in mind. It was something that you mapped out in heaven when you created human beings. And you said, this is very good. And so ringing ears brought about by damage to the hearing, this is not very good. This is very bad. And we just know that the Son of Man was revealed that he would destroy the works of the evil one. So all these works of the devil that include this this simple thing, but it's actually a very complex thing because medical science has no answer for it. Lord, we just ask you to touch, heal, and release the ringing in the ears in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So we're going to keep leaning in and believing for you guys to be healed and seeing healing happen in your body. Uh, you know, we're, we're not there to 100% yet. And so it's, it's always a, a measure for us to grow to because everyone that Jesus prayed for got healed. And we're going to believe that one of these days that we're going to figure out that, you know, we're going to understand how to hear God's voice and release that and see 100% healing. But, but the one thing I am certain is there's never anything wrong with praying twice or praying again for somebody. Absolutely. Jesus prayed twice for the man that was blind. You know, he prayed once and he wasn't healed. He prayed again. Why? Because Jesus failed to pray, heal him the first time? No, because he wanted to set an example to us that it's okay to pray again. That's yep. the reason. He wanted to give us one example to say it's okay to lean into it again and to believe it and, and receive it and and. And uh, we believe we're already seeing several healings happening tonight. We're going to see some more uh, and do, you know, look, no matter what, press in, knock again, ask again. You never know when it's the moment that God's going to heal you. The right thing to do is always ask again and again and again.
Daniel asked and the answer was already released. 29 days earlier, he was still asking. He never stopped asking. That's a lot right. of people say, well, once you pray for it, then you just need to have faith and thank God for it. That Dan, Dan then Daniel had terrible faith because he prayed for 29 straight days, even though the answer had been released 29 days ago. Hallelujah. Uh, but I feel pressure in my ear. Really racks my engagement, but no more. Okay. When I pray for something happy, when it does. Amen. So I'm just looking for any testimonies that come here. Sometimes the messages are going so quick we don't even have a chance to see. What <laughs> Sometimes it's just crazy how many how many uh, comments come through. They'll jump 10, 15 at a time. It yep. just gets nuts. Uh, thank you, Jesus. So if you're experiencing anything in your body right now, uh, even if it's not a full manifestation of healing, but something's happening, your body's warm, your ear is hot, something like that, even if it's still ringing, like let us know so we know if God's working on you, doing something. Sometimes there's a process here just so we can start to build faith. So people go, oh gosh, our ear's hot. We'll pray again. The healing comes. And then everyone is paying attention to That's it. That's right. Hallelujah. Uh, hallelujah. And, you know, one of the things I just want to say is when we pray like this, I mean, it can be very effective, but it is a limitation because I've seen over the years that our highest and best effectiveness is when we're one-to-one -one with people or one-to-a-couple, but we're, we're at arm's length and we can literally touch uh, the person as we pray. And then uh, next in effectiveness would be if we're just standing back slightly, we don't touch them. Sometimes there's reasons we have to do it that way, or sometimes we're instructed that way by the Spirit to pray. Um, third most would be if say we're on a stage, we pray over an entire room. Again, great power can be released. Many might be healed, but it's not quite, um, oh, look at this. Deanna Sen said, I felt fire on my neck and it felt like ears were open. Yeah. Praise Ken, be before you say that, we've seen more than one person get out of wheelchair on this broadcast. Praise we've, God. I we've love literally it. gotten the video as they were listening to our broadcast and they stood up out of the wheelchair. Oh, that's awesome. That's like, so, so good. God, look, look, that's the one thing I know right now that that the government closed the walls of the church and God won't be limited. Yep. So Amen. We're just seeing crazy things like grass growing on a grave. So yep. it's a new season. And you're right, right. I'd rather be laying hands on them. But I think God's going to do some crazy stuff just to prove who he is. Ephesians 3.20, far beyond all that we ask or think. Beyond everything we ask or think. So That's right. hallelujah, right now her ears are open in the name of Jesus. So the rest of you that are waiting on a, on a miracle, creative miracle for your ears to open, receive it on her faith that, that she's being healed. So are you right now. So it's just yours. Open up. Here right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Come on. Hallelujah. And some of you all have aching backs and messed up knees in the name of Jesus. Fire come on you. Healing fire come on you. Heal those knees. Heal those backs in the name of Jesus. Receive your healing. It's coming on you right now. Just feel it. Stand up and begin to walk. Right now. Right now. Just do it. It's it's there. You already got it. Hallelujah. Uh, that one right there. I was just telling my children. Over the weekend, I would love it if this problem, my shoulder blade and the inside of it were healed where the problem is. My spine is like relinquishing in place. Resquishing. Re excuse me. Resquishing re in a place. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise Hallelujah. God. You know, Come I have on. a word for somebody that I think your name is Juliet or Julianne. Again, that sometimes the tail end of these words are a little, but it's a Juliet or a Julianne. And I, again, another J person. I think you are, um, you are, you have a decision you've been waiting on the Lord and you've been holding this before him, Lord, what should I do? I'm unsure what to do. And I don't know what this means for you. I could speculate, but what I have a sense of is you should go to the left, not the right. 
So I'm, I'm reminded by that, you know, there's a famous poem by Robert Frost, Two Roads Diverged in a Yellow Wood. And sorry, I could not travel both and be one traveler. And long I stood and looked down both as far as I could until it bent in the undergrowth and then took the other as just as fair and having perhaps the better claim because it was grassy and wanted wear. And I shall be telling this story ages and ages, uh, hence two roads diverged in a yellow wood and I, I took the one less traveled by and that has made all the difference. And I have the sense that the one to the left, maybe it is the less traveled or maybe you made two columns and you're looking at the pros and cons of each one, but take the one to the left, Juliet or Julianne, your decision before the Lord, he's answering your prayer right now. What should I do? That's what you should do. Take the one on the left. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And so let us know if there's any more healing in your body there. Uh, you know, we're going to wind it down here in a second, but we definitely want to pray for everybody out there. Uh, you know, and, and maybe we can do a, a, gr a group prayer for everyone else that has a, a, a prayer request here. Uh, hold on. What did that say right there? But, but she's felt something. She says, my left ear is still ringing, but I felt a little weight come over me and heat on my open palms in the receiving position. So Put something's your happening. on yours. Yes. God's giving you the anointing because we can't give it to you because we're here. Put your hot palms on your ears. Put it right on that left ear. Come on. Lord, Hallelujah. we bless the presence that's on Deborah, and we thank you for the heat on her open palms. And Lord, now let that anointing that you have let settle on her like the dew of Hermon, but also what's in her hands, Come let on. that transmit into her ears. And Lord, just abolish the ringing. Abolish the ringing. Yes. Lord, we're supposed to be living in the land of the yes and the amen. We're supposed to be living in the time of good news, not bad news that makes makes our ears tingle. And amen. so I ask you, Father, through Deborah's own body, again, this isn't the, what we see so much in the Bible, but you can do far more beyond what we ask or think according to the power that's at work within us. So let that power be released in her and through her, upon her and to her, that her ears would be healed in Jesus' name. Jesus name. Amen. Receive it. Hallelujah. Amen. I believe we're going to have a good one on that one. Yes, Lord. Uh, kneecaps come back together. Severed alignments, uh, ligaments, excuse me, come back together in the name of Jesus. Bone on bone, receive new ligaments, new muscles, just like Ezekiel 37. Right now in the name of Jesus, I just declare an Ezekiel moment for you that ligaments come Amen. back together and just yeah. grow in the name of Jesus. Receive it round, complete healing. It's yours right now. Just move your knee, move your knee. There's going to be like popping that's going to happen right now. I just sense this popping happening in here now. Just move it around and let the Lord's healing come. Let the heat of God, there's going to be a heat that comes on your knee. Tanya, in the name of Jesus, I speak it over you. Receive that in the name of Jesus right now. Yeah, amen. Hallelujah. Thank amen. you, Lord. Amen. Lord, severed ligaments are no big deal for you. We've seen nope. it happen before. I didn't talk about those testimonies tonight, but Lord, I just ask for your anointing on Tanya's kneecap, on these severed ligaments. Lord, either do one of two things, grow them back or let her walk normally without growing them back. Amen. Both would work. But the point is, your word says strengthen the weak knees. And Lord, it, it was your intention that we should be able to walk and walk upright. And so I ask as well for the shoulders, neck, and back. She would not be bent over with pain, but she would be able to stand firm and tall. And Lord, for this family restoration, Lord, you know how sin twists and perverts our family relationships. 
and yet you gave us something called the parable of the prodigal son that even those that are straying and and alienated and estranged can be brought back and so lord we ask for restoration on this family amen yeah lord just let your kingdom come on the family kingdom on the relationships now in jesus name amen so i want to pray for this last one at least right here he's posted this a couple times richard for a brain injury that he has hmm. Where is the brain injury? Can can he tell us that? Yeah. And does it affect his speech? Yeah, let us know where the brain injury is. Does it affect your speech? It'll take us about 20 seconds to hear back from him, but let us know that as I think we're getting some testimonies in. Praise God. Or just more people getting healing and prayer. So, yeah, let us know if you're experiencing anything from any of the prayers, and we want to know about that. Continue healing. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, I receive it. Amen. So let us know if there's any shift or change in that over the next few minutes. And sometimes, you know, what's crazy is I do these broadcasts all the time. I've had Brian, you know, Brian, of course, Brian right. Blunt has been on here, you know, a handful of times. Me and him are good friends. And, um, you know, I'll have to wait all week long to let him know all the testimonies because, you know, each day I get another one because, people, you know, you know what? People are smart. They're wise. You you know, there's like, OK, well, my shoulder's not hurting right now. Yeah. But let me wait. And three, four days go by and they're like, it it doesn't hurt. Yeah. We had one on there that she she hadn't been able to hardly walk. Uh, she had she needed complete knees rebuilt. She went out the next morning and went for like a several mile run and she went running every day and she would send us a picture. I just finished my run and she was able to run for the first time in several years. So just amazing stories of that. But, you know, sometimes they trickle in every day, every day, every day, every day. You prayed for me last week and I noticed this morning that my knees weren't hurting. He, so he just said everything. So I'm imagining there's quite a bit of brain injury there. All right. So let's pray for that. Yeah. Father, in Jesus' name, I just want to, I can see your picture, Richard. Uh, I just put my hand, my two fingers on you. That about covers you. <laughs> I put my two fingers on you as though I were laying hands on you. Thank you, Jesus. And Father, I ask that the, uh, the power of God would flow into Thank you, Jesus. Richard's body. Completely. To Richard Hookstra's body. And Lord, the damage that's been wrought Thank in the you, brain through injury, through trauma, that has affected everything, mobility, speech. Um, hmm. Lord, even vision and hearing, this, this is deep in the brain and is dealing with the, the centers of the brain that process all of the, all of the uh, external stimuli, feeling in the, in the hands, touch. Uh, I don't think your sense of smell is affected quite as much. But, Thank you, Jesus. But on the tongue, um, Lord, we just say to the tongue, be loosed. And we say to the limbs, receive the life of God. Yes, Lord. Receive the life of God. Yes, Lord. And so all the paralysis, everything that is, everything that is um, yes, Lord. Hmm, restricted or, uh, I don't know, I'm going to say paralyzed, but I, I don't think it's paralysis in the conventional sense. But, but whatever that is that's restricting you from having functioning limbs, Richard, I just bless you in the name of Jesus, that the power of Jesus, the living power of the risen Christ would flow down through your limbs. It would touch all the way to your fingers and all the way to your toes. All the way to your fingers and all the way to your toes. But Lord, most especially rewire the brain. Where brain cells have died, bring them back to life. Lord, rewire the network. 
so that Richard is able to function. And again, that, that tongue that is bound, be loosed in Jesus' name. That tongue that is bound, be loosed in Jesus' name. Amen. And the optic nerve and the, and the processing centers in the brain for vision, all of that area there, receive healing so that vision can be normal. Receive healing so that vision can be normal. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And then write us back, Richard, if you're experiencing anything or anything's happening there. Uh, hey, guys, you know, uh, we're having a great time with Jesus. If you want to bless the ministry, you can send something to Cash App or text the number there. I've also linked uh, to Ken Fish's ministry page and his uh, Facebook. So you, you have his ministry page there that you can go there, bless him, follow him, like him on there, follow his ministry and what he's doing. I mean, I think you guys have just had a great time tonight learning just the history of, of God pouring out. And it's so good. And just seeing God do wonderful things here. So follow this man and uh, and bless his ministry. And if you want to bless our ministry, you can cash app something to us or text that phone number or give it our church website, uh, ffc.church, ffc.church, or uh, go, and I've linked his information on there. You know, I say this at right at the very end because we don't do this just for that reason. We believe the Lord will take care of us. But I want to give you a chance to sow into good ground, to sow in. These broadcasts are getting people healed. People are getting touched in the name of Jesus. They're growing. When you guys first came on here, everyone was asking for prayer. And now half the people, I have to read the entire comment because I don't know if you're saying something's happening or if you're praying for someone else. And so half the time, they're just joining in. They're like, yeah, I'm going to pray because I keep telling them we need to do this. And they, they're, they're doing it. They're doing it. So we're we're really honestly raising disciples on here. Some of you guys have become powerful and bold since you started being on this broadcast. And it's amazing watching people being discipled all over the world through it. So, you know, bless it so someone else can see it. Someone else can receive it. So if you're being blessed by it, then sow into it and be a part of it. And we appreciate it very much. Uh, Tanya, I, I don't know if this applies at all. I know you have a knee injury, but I just keep seeing a nurse. I don't know if you have a nurse in your family, if you're in the nursing, but I saw a nurse and I saw the nurse giving you a, um, uh, what's it called? An IV, putting an IV in your arm. I don't know if you've been in a hospital recently or you're scheduled for surgery, but I just saw like a nurse putting an IV in your arm. And I saw it very clearly over you that something had happened or something's, you know, something's coming up or something like that. Um, I don't know if you're what you do for a living, if that's what you do. If you could lean into that for half a second for me and, and I'll I'll give you the rest of that prophecy uh, and let you know. But I just saw that clearly. So you can let me know if that's been recent. I'm not talking about, well, yeah, 13 years ago I was in the hospital and they gave me an IV. Okay, well, we've all had an IV. That's not a very prophetic word. But <laughs> I, I just feel like it was very recent or something to do with nursing. So maybe just that symbol of nursing, something very close to you, maybe like a daughter is a nurse or something. Uh, maybe you have one of your daughters as a nurse or something like that. Uh, lean into that because I don't want to just specify it. But if you'll give me just a teeny tiny bit of direction on that, I believe I have a word from the Lord for you. Uh, hallelujah. And Gina, in the name of Jesus, I cancel fibromyalgia over you in the name of Jesus. And I just break that curse over you and you're healed in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so, you know, everyone else that's on here. You know, if you need a healing, we're just going to, uh, I'm just going to ask uh, uh, Pastor Ken, if he would, if he just close with just a blanket prayer over, over you for healing and, and we'll release you that way um, in the name of Jesus. So, uh, yeah, 
I don't know how long Tanya's delay is. Hopefully she'll get back to me real quick. Or maybe I'll just go ahead and let you go ahead and just pray for everyone as a release. And then if Tanya, if you get back to me on that before we go, I'll lean into it. If not, I'll lean into it afterwards. You can always message me privately and I'll finish that word for you. Hallelujah. All right. Well, Father, we just ask now that you would just let your spirit settle like the dew of Hermon. And Lord, your word is not bound. And, and Paul, the apostle, asked that the word of God would run free course. And so, Lord, we ask that your word, your power, your spirit would run free course. We ask for the many that are sick, afflicted of body, afflicted of mind, afflicted in their families, afflicted in their wallets right now during a time of COVID. Um, there are many levels in which we need help from you, and we look to you for sustenance and provision and care. But Father, come quickly. Lord, come quickly. Get up off your throne, as Isaiah said, to show Thank us compassion. Yes. And come to us in a time of need that we would be able to say, I waited on the Lord and he heard my cry. And so I thank you, Father, that you are a God who hears prayer and answers prayer. And bless these, your people, who have reached out in faith and who have joined us at this time. We are gathered together as one, asking for the things that your word speaks of in the dimension of healing and release, family healing, mental healing, physical healing, monetary healing. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Amen. 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 What a good broadcast. I, Ken, I can't appreciate you enough for being on here. Uh, I appreciate you very much for coming on here and giving us such an amazing time in the Lord. Uh, it's been absolutely phenomenal. Uh, Brian Blunt wasn't lying that you're the man. So, uh, <laughs> So he, he said it on the broadcast. I put it on the screen. So praise can, the Lord. So if he ever gives you a hard time, you just say, I have proof that you said I'm the man. So. <laughs> you know, it's funny. We did this whole broadcast and I only now realized that I had a private chat and a live comment. So just now, like a minute ago, I clicked on live comments and now I can see all the comments you've been oh, looking now, at the whole time. Oh, that's okay. I, was thinking, I can't see this stuff. I don't know what's what happening. Now I can about? see what's <laughs> That's right. When you go back through it, you'll just see all the people going, you're awesome. You're awesome. You're awesome. You might've this got, is, this is what you call the pathetic prophetic. Right, there you go. The <laughs> well, he, here's the thing. Normally when you're preaching, everyone in the room is quiet except for an occasional amen. But yeah. on here they're going, that's such good a word. You're awesome. Yeah. He's amazing. Look at him. <laughs> da, da, da. And then somebody was talking about how you look like some celebrity. So that would have just derailed you. So it was just the Lord protecting you from, <laughs> from being like, thank you. Thank you. Every two seconds. Yeah. Hallelujah. So, uh, hey guys, uh, I, you know, I'm excited that you guys were here. Remember tomorrow night, tomorrow night, prophet Chris Reed is going to be back with us. If you have never heard forensic prophecy where somebody just knows your birthday, your anniversary and all your family members names. If you've never heard that kind of amazing forensic prophecy, then you do not want to miss uh, Prophet Chris Reed tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, and we are going to have an amazing night of prophecy. And remember, if you've received healing on the broadcast, make sure, you know, if you're testing it out, that's perfectly fine, but make sure to private message me, send me an um, inbox message, and let me know your story and your testimony so I can share it with Pastor Ken uh, so he can see what God has been doing. And I will see you guys tomorrow night. And remember, I love you. God loves you. Shalom. Shalom. <laughs>